need, I need that sports, sports encyclopedia. We were Steve Kim. Got Trent in the cut. What up, what up, what up, man? The real coach JB. My main man, Big Smitty. Ah! Are y'all ready for this? Run like something to prove it. Came to a conclusion that it's man, I'm ready to get it. In any metric, coach, you cannot have Russell Wilson. Here. Nick gave me my first offer. Like, it, it, you gotta have that store. You gotta be marketing. Hockey, football, baseball, then basketball. Oh, I love this fucking show so much. Man. Are you mixing light and dark at 11 a.m.? <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm elated that I can be able to coach, that I can be able to mentor these kids uh, and give them everything that I've learned over the last 20 years. Get Smitty and Jason Brown, kill the ass around. We want the game to miss and we switched it and filled the gap. Smitty and Jason Brown, we kill the ass around. We want the game to miss and we switched it and filled the gap. You are now tuning out to the Coach JB. What up, what up, what up, man? The Real Coach AB coming at you live with a proud new sponsor of the Coach AB Show with Big Smitty, and that is Factor. Factor, you see it right here. You can get it all right here. Look at this. Tropical fruit, ready meals. Hey, I'm doing it myself. It is no joke. Now that we're in the thick of summer, you might be looking for some wholesome, convenient meals to support sunny, active days. Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit, can have you fuel up fast with flavorful and nutritious ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to your door. You'll save time, eat well, and stay on track reaching your goals. Too busy with summer plans to cook but want to make sure you're eating well? Well, with Factor, skip the extra trip to the grocery store and the chopping, prepping, and cleaning up, too, while still getting the flavor and nutritional quality you need. Factor's fresh, never-frozen meals are ready in just two minutes. So all you have to do is heat and, heat and enjoy. Then get back outside and soak up the warm weather. Ready to feel your best while making the most out of your summer adventures? Stick to your wellness goals and premium ready-to-eat meals featuring high-quality ingredients such as broccolini, leeks, and asparagus. Treat yourself to 34-plus weekly restaurant-quality options like bruschetta shrimp, risotto, green goddess chicken, and grilled steakhouse filet mignon. Ready in just two minutes. So head on over to Factor. Use my promo code JB50 and get 50% off. That's code JB50 at factormills.com slash JB50 and get 50% off. I'm just telling you right now, these right here are fire. And I'm just telling you, don't just talk about it. Be about it. This is something JB and Coach Smitty and Big Smitty, Coach JB and Big Smitty endorse fully.
tropical fruit is fire. So is the strawberry banana, mango, and all the rest of them. So head on over to factormeals.com slash JB50 and use the promo code JB50. Get 50% off at factormeals.com slash JB50. Appreciate everybody. Peace. What up, what up, what up? We live. It's Thursday. T. Rich Thursday. Trent Richardson Thursday. We got a fully loaded show today. T. Rich, first hour. Matt McChesney, second hour. Steve Kim, second hour. And then NFL X running back Rashad Jennings, third hour. We are fully loaded, but it ain't the Coach AB show without my main man, Big Smitty. Yeah! T Rich Thursdays, baby. We back. How y'all feeling, chat, man? We about to turn up today. Big time guests, high energy. I got the salad, the bad salad completely out of my system. I'm feeling 110%. My skin is glowing. My hairline is lining, and your boy looking like new money right now, JB. How well, you doing? now you are because the damn camera finally focused in on your big head. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I just noticed the chat. I did not. I just seen the chat because I was talking to my TikTok folks over here. We got a few hundred people over here on TikTok. Much love to the TikTokers, even the BMKs in TikTok. Uh, you got to love your haters. They're our biggest fans. Um, I didn't see you put 500 on the on the live fight. Nah, don't get don't get uh my boy Jeff Nay, dude. I'm <laughs> uh, just saying. Hey, I'm not gonna fight for very long, Big Smitty. If I had to fight a younger cat like you, 29 in shape, it ain't gonna be. I'm not sitting there trying to go the distance. Hey, I don't get paid for overtime either. So hey, I'm, I'm going for the knockout quick and early. I just, I just think I think you're too nice. Like I don't think you're ready for like the, right. the nastiness I'm gonna bring. You know what I'm saying? Don't let my don't take my kindness for weakness, JB. I'm it's a yeah. switch. I'm telling you, it's a switch. And, and see, old school cats, big me. Let me let me fix your your lingo. See, old school cats would say, "Don't let the smooth taste fool you." You know what mm-hmm. I mean? That's what you should have said. But see, when you didn't say that, I already knew I got you. <laughs> That's why I was going. Oh, ask my coaches about me. I might I might smile like Magic Johnson, but I'm gonna kill you too at the same time, man. So hey. Yeah. Oh, dear. my thing is JB, the old heads like 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 y'all, y'all had to fake tough and beat because y'all was y'all was so scared. So when y'all went outside and stuff, and y'all was around the real thugs, y'all had to fake tough so that so you would think that you, that you was tough and strong. Me, I'm gonna be me. I'm gonna smile like this. Let me let me, let me, let me to fight. I'm gonna fight. Game real quick. Let me hip them to some game. See, the problem is back in our day, y'all didn't know who the thugs was. Now you do. You're all fake. See, you didn't know a real one when you saw one. You were like, oh, that motherfucker might be real. Oh, I don't know about that one. He wearing a white tee and some reading glasses. That motherfucker kill people at night. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all are so soft, dog. It's crazy. Hey, we got a love the show today, man. I don't even know how we're going to get any other talk in because uh, whoo, we got T-Rich Thursdays. Uh, T-Rich right out the gate. We're going to ask him about some Alabama talk, Nick Saban talk. Is Nick Saban dead in the water? Uh, what T. Rich think about that? What he thinks about their quarterback, Milrow? What they think, uh, what he thinks about that? What, uh, you know, well, then we got Steve on, we got Matt on, and we got Rashad Jennings, uh, ex-NFL running back. Can't wait to ask him about the running back market, about the the Giants and the Bucks and different things like that. Um some places he played at, and uh, the current landscape of the NFL. Rashad uh, Jennings, 
Uh, shout out to our boy yesterday, TJ Ward, for jumping on. Tomorrow, Brian Erlacher Friday. Uh, man, we lighting this show up, man. You guys better hit that like button, subscribe, become a member. Show's growing. That's what she said. Hit the like, pound the like, subscribe today to my Patreon, Smitty and I on CoachABStore.com. His merch will be on the show, on the, on the website as well. We got to sure. get the merch, get out there, get the merch out there. And pound the like button. We got all kind of new sponsors and uh, ad sponsors as the show grows. But we don't start the show without a quote of the day, Big Smitty. Um, let's do it. Let's see. What's, let, me get the, let me get my little... Where my graphics at? Don't I got scared. You, you sound you sound a little nervous. <laughs> quote of the day. Bam. Look at that. Woo. Uh, quote of the day, Big Smitty. Um, I, I've been making my own quotes up lately to this whole week. I said, let me I, I actually came to myself on Sunday and said, I'm gonna oh. make my own quotes all week long. Cause I'm a quote guy. Usually I come up with my own stuff. And I was like, let me do my own stuff this week. But anyway, quote of the day. Bought you by betonline.ag. Use the promo code Believe B L E A V. Get you 50% off plus welcome bonus. It's Thursday night football. We got prize picks on our rep, rep, repping us. We got bet online. You better use all of them. Short fast yep. getting call. They do it all tonight. Thursday night football, Vikings Eagles. So we're gonna dive into that in a minute. Quote of the day: destruction allows for new creation. Uh, quote of the day. I don't know if you guys know this, but uh, a lot of you guys need to look in the mirror and maybe destruct your damn selves because you may mm. need to recreate your damn self because I'm just telling you, destruction is the only thing that allows for recreation. I'm just mm. telling you, I don't know if you know that or not. If it ain't destructed, you can't create a new one. So mm. they need to start over with your damn self. I've done it. Why not you? Shit. Uh, contrary to belief, brought to you by Factor, Factor 75. Head on over there and get you a new meal plan and some uh, hellified smoothies that Big Smitty still hasn't got. I don't know why. Um, <laughs> life is a book, Big Smitty. You write, not a movie you watch. Mm, okay. um, you write your life. You don't watch it, just so you know. Other people watch it. <laughs> mm. You write it. Okay. Okay. Whole question, Big Smitty. Vikings or Eagles? Who y'all betting on tonight? Uh, that's the poll question. Drop it in the chat below. And uh, we're gonna get to some brass tacks, man. We're gonna get some brass tacks today. We got yes, lots of we ended the show yesterday with a little controversial take: young versus old, fire and water. Uh, Big Smitty defended Michael Parsons podcast. Um, let me just ask you this. I don't hate on no money, nobody. I, we never get into people's pockets. I don't care. Make your money. Um, but how many jobs do you get, like in life? Like, what's your? Don't, everyone has one main job, and then a lot of people do some side hustles, right? Just like guys have one main chick and have side chicks. Same with girls. Let me ask you, what is Micah Parsons' main job? Playing football. This is main right. job. He gets a lot of money, right? He gets paid a lot of money to do so. And I'm not, I'm not saying you can't do other things. What I'm saying is there's a direct correlation as what we've all been discussing the last few days on this show, Big Smitty, this whole week, Big Smitty, because we've been saying football's bad right now. It's digressed in a lot of ways. So 
why are we not focusing on our main job? Maybe that shit is diluting from doing our main job. Why do you think that? See, you shake your head because you, you, you're that generation. I would be like, hell nah. Get your ass in here and watch some film because I'm the old school cat yelling at the clouds, all that old shit. But damn, I sure had a better product on the field when I was doing that. <laughs> i tell you right now, go ahead and podcast all you want. Let me ask you this, Big Smitty, and, and I'll let you have it after this. I'm not going to take long on this. If Doesn't it make more sense, though, that you did all these takes in the spring? Because I think your views would be better. I know it's right now, and, and, and I, I get it. You just played. But I would <laughs> love to have content in the spring from Micah mm-hmm. Parsons compared to right now while he's playing. I think the fans in Dallas would respect the fact that he was focused on winning a Super Bowl for the town of Dallas over doing a damn podcast. I'm just saying, I'd rather hear Micah in the spring bring up the real shit like the Kelseys do and be like, hey, man, you know, Daniel Jones should have should have got out that game, dog. I, you know, in the spring, not a day later. I, I just think you should be focusing on the Jets today and not doing a podcast. But that's me, Big Smitty. But go ahead. You can have it. We don't have all day to talk about it. I'm just giving you my perspective because I do think it's watered down, and I think these podcasts are a joke. <laughs> you watch, If you watch the tape, ain't nothing watered down about Michael Parsons on that football field. The man balled out. So whatever he's doing off the field to prepare for the games, it's working. So if I'm an athlete and it's my free time because I'm my life is not 100% focused on my career, on football. Nobody is 100% focused only on football. So when I have some free time, I can read, I can watch TV, I can hang with my girl, I can go out to eat, I could podcast, I could do I could do other shit. And if I choose to talk ball, that's all you he's doing on his podcast is talking ball for an hour or whatever, however long the episode is, I don't see no problem about it. I don't see no problem with it. It's not like he's talking about relationships and all types of crazy he's talking about the game which means he has to watch the game and watch the tape in order to know what he's talking about and i completely disagree with you on the timing even with our show look at how our numbers have completely blown up from football season compared to how it was in like june because it was nothing to talk about in the spring and the early summer there's something to talk about every single day every single week during the season. And if you're a current player, you have all the leverage in the world because if you win, if you lose, whatever, you have all the insight and inner information that nobody else has. It's exclusive. And the Kelsey brothers, you bring them up, they still shoot their podcast now. They do a year round because they're making so much damn money. And I think they're like the number one or number two sports podcast out right now. But at the end of the day, they're doing it in season, out season. Travis gets injured. They come on their show. They break the news if he's coming back. So they're doing it year-round. These are what players are doing. And I'm glad you brought up the Kelsey brothers because both of them played in the Super Bowl last year doing a podcast. So obviously it's not truly affecting the play on the field. Everybody can do multiple things. I get it. There's some people who can only focus on one thing because their brain just doesn't work that way. But if you're a guy like Micah Parsons, who's one of the best defensive players in the league, who could easily win defensive player of the year this year, and it's not affecting you on the field, Go do your go go make your money. Come on now, y'all know me. I'm player. I'm I'm about the players. I'm about making your bread. And to me, talking about football isn't affecting the main job. Me talking on this podcast right now isn't 
affecting when I go to Fox later on at all. There's two different things. So it's I weird. I'm never going to agree to you, but I hear you. Of course not. Um, of course not. Hey, you no, know what, too, though? Like, let me ask you this. We we talked about it a little bit a couple months back when we first started on the show. I've had this discussion with Marcellus. I've had it with a, a few people. And this is like, it sounds like a like a bitch take. Like, like I'm like, I, I feel like a bitch because I never like to use excuses as to why I'm getting beat out on something, right? Right. Um. What's your take on 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 the person with the big platform, the Stephen A's, the Ryan Clark's, the the pivots, all those things? And I know your take on it, but I wanted to get your like rationale. Yeah. What's your take when the cat comes out, like like let's say a, a normal guy that no has no name, Johnny from Walmart, and he starts a podcast. He has literally no shot at succeeding. Like I'm not gonna say literally no shot, but I'll say less than a one percent shot at succeeding in this space. When right. you have a Stephen A. who's world-recognized and starts his own podcast, Ryan Clark starts his own podcast, uh, everybody's taking their huge name platforms and creating podcasts. Is it killing the, the average Joe's shot at doing a show or a podcast? Or do you think it's a dog-eat-dog world and man up? Yeah, I think it's a dog-eat-dog world and man up. Like, it's America. That's how it is in every single business. Like, the thing is, when you're just an average Joe, so to speak, or just a regular guy, whatever, in order for you to be successful, you have to do something extremely different. And we've seen guys like just YouTubers who have huge, you know, the platforms. Beast or whatever the, beast. the Beast. Yeah, The Beast, perfect example. I mean, he's not like some, he's a, he's a, a social media star, but he's not just an actual star who had a big brand and took that and built this. Like, even the Paul brothers, you know, the Jake Paul and them, like, we've seen a lot of examples of regular everyday Joes, average guys who had to do something very unique. Now, is it harder? Hell yeah. Because if you already got a big name, like a Stephen A, people already come to your show, you know, first take or whatever, to listen to what you're going to say. So now if you're coming out with a podcast and you're promoting that, hey, on this podcast, I'm, I'm going to be all the way me, be all the way raw. I don't have to, like, sugarcoat nothing. They're going to want to listen to that even more than your main show because it's, you already got a big audience. So I'm not mad at them. Like, I would do the same shit. It, make, it makes perfect sense. All the money that you get, you get for podcasting, it makes no sense not to do it, especially when you got full control over, over your podcast. You should, you should do it. I don't think it makes it harder for people like us or just smaller names because, like, it's enough food out here for, for all of us to eat. We just got to make sure that we're doing something unique and different that will make people gravitate to us or, or or whoever that small name smaller name person is makes them gravitate to you. Yeah, but I, every I, we've had this debate before, and the Paul brothers to me, I've re, I've done research. They weren't just regular YouTubers; they were on Disney Dog as babies. Like I, everyone I'm bringing up, everyone we keep bringing up. I remember somebody brought up The Rock. The Rock started from scratch because I remember that debate we had that everybody has some type of nepotism involved, some type of family that got mm -hmm. them into the where they are. Yeah, uh, I've been doing research on this, man, and I'm trying I'm starting to look lean towards everybody that kind of big is like was 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 drug in this thing by somebody with some type of influence, dog. I'm just telling you. And by the way, The Rock's dad was in the WWE and WWF way before anyone his else. Dad, his uncle, like it's a whole family yeah. lineage. So yeah. like now the rock did have to grind. I'm not like it was like he just got to eat, but he had he had a foot in the door. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. yeah. Hey, I gotta take. I gotta take. We got a couple minutes before uh, T Rich joins us, but 
This girl's sexy red, all right? She's starting to get big because of her, I believe, because controversy sells. And she's been yeah. out at some high schools. She's been out at some NFL teams that brought her out lately. I'm so happy, man. I'm not going to say his name, but one of my former players who's current NFL player, played in the USFL and XFL also, just called her ass out on Twitter today. And I had to, uh, I had to, uh, I want to get your take on this. I'm going to be honest. The most romantic thing somebody did for me, it was my first boyfriend. I was just in high school. He was a little older than me. And it was Valentine's Day. I'll never forget. He robbed somebody and gave me the money and gave me the bill he stole. And it was just so sweet because he was out of breath and stuff. He's like, here, I just got this for you. I was like, oh. My boy blasted her, Big Smitty, and this is what he said. He's like, y'all young brothers and sisters really thinking that shit is cute and cool but you wonder why we're so fucked up right now in society as a as a as a as a race and as an ethnicity he's hot big black brother my one of my former old linemen i'm so happy dog that he called her out because these young cats are out here smashing and grabbing last night yesterday at the northridge mall here in la in california um uh, just went in there and robbed the, the, the mall, broad daylight. California's written a rule that you can't steal anything. If you steal anything under $1,000, dog, you fucking probably won't get arrested. Like, I don't know what's happening, dog, in the world, but I'm the one that's always saying as long as people that have influence keep spreading this message, you're going to have more and more drama. And I'm just happy that my boy said that shit and did it. Uh, I hit him up and he's like, coach, shit, that's shit you taught us. And I'm like, but damn, homie, we need more cats like you. I, why is LeBron not spreading his motherfucking message, though? That's my shit, Smitty. I know you can't, I don't even gonna talk about too much, but why is not the big fucking person talking about this shit? Why are we letting it slide as a damn, as, as inner city folks? I'm just curious because none of my homies that I know who are mostly gangsters, they hate this shit. They're like, man, they're calling her out her name right now. I'm just telling you, I've talked to three people already this morning. They're like, homie, this bitch need to have her ass chin checked. And I, that's coming from gangsters. Now, I'm trying to figure out why we're letting this slide on the mainstream side. And that's the problem. Because nobody's listening to my three homies that don't have social media, who will peel your cat, by the way, but they also don't have social media. So they're not out there saying, Sexy Red, don't say this shit. But we need LeBron to do it. Or someone with a major voice. Where's Oprah at? I, I'm just tripping, dog. Is it me or what? I'm tired of seeing the kids that I've raised and coached do this dumbass shit because of a dumbass fucking broad like this. That's just my take. I'm kind of hot right now. Yeah, I hear you, man. And like, too, I ain't even prepared for this one, but I did see the clip online. And um, I mean... I, I just think it's a line between entertainment and reality. I do understand that, unfortunately, some kids are raised by entertainment and what they see online, and they'll see something like that, and they'll be influenced by what these people are saying. But we've had a conversation similar to this before in the past where I put the blame on the parents because at the end of the day, man, if you letting TV and the Internet and the social media, um, you know, raise your kids, influence your kids to that extent, that's that's a you problem, in my opinion. I I've seen a lot of stuff growing up as a kid on TV and shows and movies. You know, growing up in the hood, I've seen a lot of stuff that probably stuff I shouldn't have seen at such a young age. But one thing I will say is I have parents who 
told me what was right and what was wrong. And they put a fear factor into me to where I didn't want to disappoint them or do anything that, that could harm our family name. So although I saw stuff and, you know, as a kid, you might be persuaded to do something or say something. I did not do it because I had respect for my last name and respect for my for my parents. So I can't really be that mad at Sexy Red for putting it out there because at the end of the day, it's not her responsibility to be everybody's role model. In music in general, not just hip hop, you can look at rock music, you can look at country music, the blues, etc. They talk about a lot of crazy stuff that maybe, you know, that young people should not live anybody should not be living their life like you know you, people talking about rock stars talking about destroying hotel rooms and doing all types of rages and taking drugs and doing all this and rappers in, in the 90s you know calling women out of their names and and, and and talking about killing people and shooting people and all the different types of beasts we have with biggie and Pac and just all i mean nwa when they split and ice cube beeping with uh, 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 with the rest of the like, and I'm just naming stuff. Like, I'm just saying, we've always in music in general, we've always had topics and and things that people said that would, might be deemed as inappropriate, but we've always listened to it because it's just like that's just music. That's just the culture of of what it is. It's not meant for you to live your life by it. These guys aren't teachers. These guys aren't your parents. So you know, I can't be. I'm not gonna get mad at Sexy Red, who's a entertainer who's a personality who's literally from the hood and who has changed her entire life by making this type of music and being this type of personality whether you like it or not from her from her box her family standpoint hey, she, her box, has changed, she has it's changed she, she has changed her, but it's not her it's like charles barkley said she's not a role model she's not a role model is what i'm saying she's not, you're not really tripping on john morant you're not really tripping on sexy red so you cool with these motherfuckers doing that shit like I don't know, I can't do it, homie. Like these cats can't. These cats are. Let's, all right, all right, let's, break Let, let's break it down uh, to brass tacks, as you say. Let's be real. It's stuff that we've said on this show. Stuff that you said, I said on this show over the year. That's not appropriate for kids to be listening and watching. Let's keep it all the way one thousand. We ain't got to bring it back up, but it's certain things that we said multiple times that if a kid was watching this show and they listen to what we said. It ain't necessarily appropriate for, for them to be saying or doing or talking about. But it's and not I, our job. Everything everything ain't for kids. Everything that, That's why on TV back in the days, they had parental advisory. And everything that you see online ain't for kids. You know, so I, I, my thing and is... I, and, I, and listen, I agree with your take about letting yes. your parents down, fearing them. And yes. I, I agree. I say it every day. I'm like, man, have some nuts. Be your right. own person. I'm preaching that shit all the time. So I agree fully with what you said about parents and not letting them not letting them down and doing what others you know it, just because somebody does it don't mean you got to do it and follow right. them and jump off the cliff i get all that but these young cats are on their phones more than we've ever been before they are more influenced more than ever before so to combat the influence of bad you need to combat it with the good and only way to do that is have your ba- big time facial figures like lebron Oprah, everyone else talk. They don't though. So all you see is bad. You don't see the good. That's my only take on it. I agree. Everything you said. I'm just like, dog, they're role models, regardless of what we think, Mick Smitty. Regardless of what we think. And you know, there's less father figures in these homes right now than there's ever been. So, like, I, I'm just telling you, there is a lot of issues with it that. Let me ask you this then, because I agree. What you're saying is right, but based upon what you're saying then, all entertainers 
should be thinking with the mindset that, hey, regardless if I want to be this or not, I am a role model. So therefore, everything I do, all my actions has to be in a in a respectful manner that's going to be appropriate for kids. That's just not real life, JB. It's never, not it's not never, it's never been that way. Never. I'm not saying entertainers got to wake up saying that. I'm just saying when something happens, we are so reactive, Big Smitty. You see it all the time. The, the Virginia kids got killed last year. And instead of being proactive, and, and, and I'm, I'm seeing tweets from, from the LeBrons and the, and, the, and the Pivots and the Stephen A's, I want to see tweets more often that say, man, let's, let's, let's save lives. Let's not kill lives. Let's, keep, let's, let's do this. Let's do that. Instead, you don't see that, Big Smitty. You see a reactive tweet. Prayers to my kings who just got shot down by guess who? <laughs> like, nah, dog, start being proactive. Stop being reactive. We are so reactive now, and you wonder why we have so much young youth issues. Like, it is what it is. And listen, I'm going to be real. This has been happening since I was a little kid, Smitty. It's not new. It's not all new. Like, let's just keep it fair. It's not all new. I ha We were knuckleheads, too. You just didn't see it, right? You didn't see it on phones and shit. So we were hitting licks. We were robbing and stealing. I mean, that's just what it is. We've been. I grew up in it. But there was a different respect level. Like, we weren't robbing old ladies, and we were still opening doors for them. These right. cats, dog, are totally on another level. Like, social media has pushed them over the top because they have, they don't have the balance. Right, right now, it's all negative on the phone. There's no balance with the balance that I'm discussing. Where's the LeBrons? Where's the thing? Because maybe one of those influences may detour some of these young cats and be like, man, I'd rather be LeBron than, than smashing and grabbing Macy's. But we don't see it. I mean, but shit. I mean, like, let's use LeBron since we're using him as an example. Let's use him as an example. I mean, hasn't he done enough in 20 years to, to a kid should look at him and be like, I would love to be like LeBron? I mean, the guy has had a pretty clean slate. The guy does speak out in situations, whether it's reactive or not. It I'm might be it might be reactive, but he does speak out on it compared to a guy like Michael Jordan who who, who purposely stay stays out of stuff because he wants to make the dollar respect. Cool, do your thing. But at least LeBron's a guy. He is one of our big time athletes that does speak out on stuff. He he does do it. Now we might judge how he does or when he does or he could do it better. But at least he's speaking out. He's saying something. So like I do feel like LeBron is an example of someone who is at least trying to give effort to use the platform to do something. At the end of the day, the main thing is the main thing. Like you said earlier, though, he's not a philanthropist. He's not you know it. He's not Malcolm X. He's not Martin Luther King Jr. He's a basketball player, and that's what he's going to do. But with that, he has used the platform to build a school, to do this, to do that. My thing is, every time something happens on social media, I don't think it's the job of just all the big names, of people, The Rock, Oprah, LeBron, whatever, to just stop what they're doing and to speak out on every single little thing that happens on social media. If that was the case, every single day, JB, they would be having to go on social media and say, hey, y'all, this wasn't right, don't do this. All right, now Wednesday. Hey, y'all, this one right on Thursday. And it would just be every, because there's some bullshit that happens every single day. And another thing, and last thing here, I doubt they see every every little thing that we see. These guys got millions. They don't see all the little stuff that goes that goes viral. All the, the stars that we think are stars in our little small worlds, half the time, these big time names don't even know who they are. So, listen, I'm not naive. I do think music has a 
and influence on younger people. I do think some of this stuff on social media definitely has an influence on younger people. Um, it, it, social media is still relatively new, and I think parents are still trying to adjust and figure out how can I leverage it? Do I keep my kids off of it? Do I let them use it? But like, how do I teach them? Uh, teach them? Your generation didn't have to go through this. I would be I would be very curious to know how your generation would have acted with social media if you were born and bred in it. I'm sure a lot of things that's going on now would have happened then too when you guys were young. So it's just one of them things where it's still new. It's still something that people are trying to figure out. And at the end of the day, man, as a parent, you got to teach your kid right from wrong and don't let the internet raise your kids. That's what it is. I'm sorry, man. I can't tell an entertainer, an actor, an actress, a musician, a, 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 a YouTuber or whatever, that they got to watch what they say because my kid might be watching and I don't want you, I don't want my kid doing what you're saying. I'm sorry, man. I just can't do that. It don't make sense to me. But you can tell a regular regular Joe that and it don't make sense, dog. You got to go both I, I can't tell nobody else what to do. Only thing I can do is in my household, me and my kid, I can talk, I can tell them, "Hey, the world is dangerous. The world is foul." So a lot of people who don't have the same morals as you and I, but this is right. This is wrong. Don't let that or anybody else influence you. If you do this, you end up in jail, dead, or I'm gonna give you an ass whooping. Those are the three options. So that's what it is. Point blank, period. So like I I can't control nobody else. My coach will always say, control what you can control. I can't control the world. I can't tell the rapper not to say this. Not to say, I can't tell the actor who's acting as a gangster in a movie, the godfather to not do this. It's life. You can't tell him. All, but you got to understand, your kids have access to the internet, bro, and a phone way more often than you can tell them, don't let me down. <laughs> I'm just telling you. I'm just saying there's got to be a little balance from the guys that everyone looks up to. That's all I'm saying. There's a lot of good out there, too, JB. It's not all negative, man. Like, I, if, you look, if you're looking for negative, that's all you're going to find. It's a lot of really you good shit, educational podcasts. Talk about growing your money and saving your money, how to invest, how to flip it. It's all, I watch all types of great shit. If you're looking for bad, you'll find bad. If I your agree. explore page is all negative, that, that's a, 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 it tells you what you be looking at. So you should have I, a good I agree. balance. I agree. But you do know that it's psych recyclable a lot more than the positive. You see negative on the news. You see negative on social media. You see negative everywhere more than you see positive. That's just how it is. That's right. how it's 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 the algorithms push to do that because controversy sells. Right. You don't see the happy medium combatment is what I'm talking about. I want to see just a little bit of combatment because if you can get on a podium like LeBron says that you just mentioned, and we'll go, we'll move on. We got we got so much to talk about. Trent's trying to get in; he's having an issue. Uh, we got so much uh, negative. Yeah. If LeBron does get on the podium and talk about blah blah blah, why? What's so hard about him talking about this? Hey, man. Stop doing this shit. Like, all you got to do is three men. You, you're pushing your school, your your soda brand, and your whatever brand you're pushing for sponsorship. It's real easy to just say, hey, dog, all eyes are on me right now. Stop with the bullshit. Like, it doesn't take long. You're already doing a promo for something anyway. So I'm just saying, I just would like to see a little more. That's just my opinion. I'm not saying they have to. They're not obligated. They earn the right to do what they want, dog. They're, they're one percenters. I say that all the time. I'm not going to be hypocritical. But I'm just saying... I think I when you and I that. blow up and, and, and we become billionaires, I mean, I'll see, like, we'll see how much, like, I know your character, I know my character, we're definitely going to speak out on certain stuff. We ain't going to speak on, we're not going to speak out on everything. I know we're not, but we'll see. We'll yeah. see. 
And people might come uh, to us and be like, damn, JB, why do you say nothing about about the shit that happened in Alaska? It was like, well, shit, bro. I, I, I only got so many hours in a day. I can't speak out on every... I, like me, I'm not trying to become a Martin Luther King. I'm not trying to become Michael Mann. I respect the hell out of those men. But my day-to-day job, in my at least the mindset I have right now, isn't to be that. I'll speak out on things that really affect me and that, and that I, feel, I feel emotional enough about to speak out on. But my, I can't just speak out on everything every day. That's not my main job or my my journey and if you if i got if i got to get judged because of that it is what it is yeah let's move on i got i gotta bring this up so safan diggs's coach was was caught uh off off record did not know he was being filmed i don't know if you've seen this i already told you that i know for a fact that there's some things said about him that he's not the most uh i don't know how to say this uh you know about the team uh he's more about himself that's just what i did a rant about but anyway this was caught off record yesterday uh smitty um from his whiteout coach and and an interviewer um i don't take i take it as kind of it's a shady deal like how do you know that this wasn't a setup how do you know there's so much to this but have you heard it I'm, so I saw the tweet. I haven't heard the video before you play it, I, but I thought it was a media member that's saying this comments, not his coach. It's a. It's one of the. It's not his full time wideout coach. That's that's. It's not the titled wideout coach on the staff. It is a one of the runners that helps that guy out. You know, one of the young guys, analyst guy, talking to a reporter. So gotcha. okay. I can't even hear it. You. That's real low. Um, basically, we don't need to show. It. I can't hear it. Um, basically, what the guy said was, basically, he tells you. She asked him like, so he tells you to f you, and you can't do nothing about it. And he was like, yeah. And and let me put it in context. This ain't the main wideout coach. It's a assistant wideout guy that helps him, and the media members talking to that person. The media member's not talking to herself, people. <laughs> yeah, so so, so the, the comment has like been trending everywhere. It says, uh, he'll look me right in my face and say, F you. That's how he treats everybody. You guys do hear you do understand there's two voices, right? There's now, a man and there's a now, woman. What I'm now, what I'm seeing, I'm not saying you wrong. I'm just telling you what I'm seeing right now from uh, Dove Kleinman or whatever, who's pretty respected on here. He said, Bill's reporter was caught on a hot mic talking badly about wide receiver Stefan Diggs. So I don't and the original one the original the original report is caught talking badly to an to a coach. The coach is the the man that you hear in the in the in the background. So there's a man you hear she's talking to. The reporter yeah. is the female. She's talking to a man who's an assistant. And yeah. the assistant is saying basically he can run in and tell me to F you. So like, huh, I don't know, man. I'm just like, I don't know how this gets leaked out there. He probably would be fired today if I was McDermott. Um, but at the same time, it's like, dog, what are we doing? Like, how is this shit continuing to leak out there? Like, I would take all phones from people's buildings. Like, I wouldn't let phones be out there. Fuck that. I'm not letting the phone get out there. Yeah. I'm like, man, put your phones up. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I, I've been in those media s- situations because I used to cover games a couple years ago uh, before the pandemic, and like, I mean, you can't tell the media people not to bring their phones. Like a lot of a lot of media people, they use their phones 
to do the interviews. I used, to, I used to have my phone with a mic connected to it post game. What you wait till the player come by, and I would hold my phone like this while I'm recording and ask the player questions while I'm, you know, Kirk Cousins comes out. I'm asking about Monday Night Football. So, like, they're going to have their phone. So, from the looks of it, it looks like another reporter had their phone on, on the down low and had, the, had it going, and they wanted to go viral. They probably sent the video to, like, TMZ or whoever and got a little $10,000 bag, and they and they just moved on from it. That's just against yeah. the code when it comes to reporters. Um, and I, I think that's we used yeah. to call them bottom feeders. Like these right. cats are parasites. They are bottom feeders. Like right. I, 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 I can't stand a bottom feeder, man. Like, go earn your shit. Like I just don't understand how you just want to see the demise of someone else. Now, and then this comes out, right? It comes out, right. and then I get blown up last night. JB, you were right. Diggs is a shitbird. Listen, I don't know if he's a shitbird. I'm not. I don't know Diggs. I'm not there. All I'm telling you is from a buddy that coached him that he was more of an eye guy than a team guy. That's the reports out there. I, I don't know, Diggs. He could be a great dude. All I know is there's definitely some things going on in Buffalo, and I can't wait to see it unfold this year because do they get it? They figure out how to write the ship, Big Smitty, or are they going to implode again and everyone's going to blame things like this that the media throws out there that, oh, he's not a good dude, or Allen. Oh, he can't like it's gonna be something if the bills don't figure it out. So nice true, man. Tall task. I wouldn't be I would argue, Big Smitty, we could do it today. Uh Trent's trying to log in with his new mic and it's it's fucking up his thing, so he's trying to figure it out. He said it's pairing right now. Um the thing is, Big Smitty, I would argue that McDermott may be the most stressed coach in the league right now. You could argue that, man. I, I feel like Earlier this year, we did like a like a hot coaches on the hot seat, you know, type conversation. Man, I think McDermott has to be somewhere at that top. You know what I'm saying? The Bills for year after year after year has been one of the better teams in the league. Everybody projected them to make it to the Super Bowl or at least the AFC championship, and they just failed to do that. Now you got all these all this noise, Stefan Diggs leaving camp, coming back. It's him and Josh Allen friends. Uh, Josh Allen, you know, first game looking horrible, making mistake after mistake. He looks down and out after the game, saying it's the same BS as last year. And then uh, now you see this, you know, reporters or whatever the case may be, behind the scenes, audios leaking. It's, it's just like, after a while, I was like, why is all the noise with your team? Why, why are you not able to keep everything under wraps? Even if there's things going on, you got to be able to uh, be a CEO of this thing and keep things under wrap. Everything's leaking. Everything. So that has to go back to the head, the head guy, unfortunately. And I get as a head coach, only so much you can do, but man, you got to put some type of standard, some type of like culture around here to a, like, this is not what we do. If something leaks, it's a fine, I don't know, figure out something, but is this too much noise? It's only been week one. <laughs> That's crazy. Hey, uh, your boy right here, KCB, uh, BD, uh, he said that the national media loves the Bills, though, and they go on a national press tour every year, hit the big shows every week. I... <laughs> Are you shitting me, KCBD? The Queendom is the most recognizable fan base that are most fair weather fan base on planet Earth. And you're going to say Bills is now because you're a fan of the Chiefs? Come on, homie. You guys are fucking so entitled over there in Kansas City. God damn.
You guys got blinders like Big Smitty got AR5 blinders on. Holy shit. Here you go. Here you go. Leave me out of it. I ain't got nothing to do with KCBD, uh, ICDC College. Like, I, I, I know I, I ain't got the blinders on. I got the I got the real blinders on because I keep it all the way 1,000, all the way real. That's all I do on this show. Hey, I know another guy that keeps it all the way 1,000, Alabama legend, NFL running back extraordinaire, Heisman runner-up. Mm. It's T-Rich Thursdays. And it's Trent Richardson. What up, T? Yeah. Oh, it's been a tough one, man. It's been a tough one. Hey, te- technology ain't like on your side. You like me. I'm horrible. Man, this technology, man. I got five different mics over here, JB. I got this one right here. I got another set. My folks done sent to me, man. I got to get y'all some mics too, man. Maybe y'all can show me how to do it. <laughs> we gotta get you a, uh, I'm going to get you a damn uh, IT guy, personally. Man, I need I'm it, man. Up, Rich. We can get an IT team and shit. Yeah, hey, my hey. IT team is my kids. So without them, I, man, I'd be lost as hell, bro. Hey, you know, T. Rich, old school country, you know what I mean? He don't really know how to do all that, you know what I mean? Technology and stuff. But hey, you sounding good right now, brother. You sounding good. So you figure something out. The trusted dusties. I had to get back to the trusted dusties. Old faithfuls. <laughs> when it all fails, go back to the trusty dusties. Man, hey, man, man, I love it. Talk about something real quick, man. Has Nick Saban... Is he is he drowning right now in the Deion Sanders new coaching era and generation? Is is Jimbo Fisher a Nick Saban disciple drowning right now? Are the old school cats that aren't trying to get on social media and be part of the trend? Are they drowning right now? Are you a little worried or not? Man, to me, I'm not more so worried about that. I'm just worried about what the other coaches are doing, like the discipline of the game for them, right? Like I always tell people, man, like when you're at practice, you put yourself in situational stuff. But I don't think these coaches get it yet. Like you got to put these kids in the right position. Like, JB, do you feel like uh, a Melrose is a pocket quarterback? Like you got to use his abilities like to his strengths. And I think the kid get in his head to where Oh, I want to be a pocket quarterback. I'm gonna be a pocket quarterback, and I and I feel like that was the same thing with Bryce Young when he first started out at Alabama, to where he didn't realize like, hey, bro, like that's not you. You don't have to just stand in the box. Oh, you can't. You ain't gotta. First of all, you're not as tall as everybody else. I'm talking about Bryce. I ain't talking about Jamie. He's a little yeah, bit taller than Bryce, right. but you know, I think people are trying to get accepted as a true quarterback. And those days are over because you got to be an athlete nowadays. Like, name one quarterback right now in the league that cannot run a 4 6. Let me ask you this Is Milrow, is, 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 is that a saving thing? Because, you know, you, you think Alabama, you think, you think Mac McElroy, uh, Mac Jones, you think the guy that's a pocket guy, and it ain't a white and black thing, but you think, when you think pocket, let's just be real, you think white boy sitting in the mm-hmm. pocket. Tom Brady getting the ball out. You see, you think brother stereotypically because of the the what we've done in college and high school is we've recruited the best athlete and put him at quarterback in college. And then what we could what I argue is you you don't teach him shit in college no more. You teach him how to be an athlete and go real fast. You run tempo. And then when you get to the NFL, you haven't really been taught fronts, coverages, protections, who's hot, who's not. 
and it's a disservice to the black quarterback. I'm the one on the fence arguing that every day. I'm like, man, these these college coaches are doing these cats a disservice. I can't wait for Lamar Jackson and AR5's coach, who personally recruited both of them, coming on the show in a couple weeks. My, my boy is at Louisville now. He's like, JB, Lamar Jackson knew everything that he's doing right now in, in the pros. He knew it all at Louisville. Hey, the motherfucker knew it all at Louisville. Why does he not know it now? Like, he's tripping on what's happening. Like, why are these cats digressing as they get to the NFL? We taught them all this shit. Now they're not doing it in the NFL. Something's missing. And in college, we recruited Milrow to be an athlete. Obviously, he didn't go to Alabama right out the gate, did he? He's a transfer, right? No, Milrow, no. Milrow went straight out the bat. So, so Saban recruited this cat straight up and thought he was a pocket guy? I find, That's hard to believe. I don't know. I don't know if he recruited him to be a pocket guy, though, because it's kind of like well, when I was in school, Blake Sims was the number one quarterback in the nation. Well, he's the number one athlete in the nation. And so when he got to school and like Blake instantly played running back, then he moved into safety. Then he moved like you couldn't. They didn't know how to handle his talent at that time. And then right. at that, too, I tell Blake all the time, man, just shut the hell up, bro. And just listen and just do what you're supposed to be doing. You could have been playing. I used to always tell him that. I mean, but you, you got guys like him, man, when they finally figure it out, like who knew Blake Sims was going to have a year like that his last year in school? And this guy here got a chance to be a 2.0. And I think Lane Kiffin, what Lane Kiffin did, he used his strengths. Like the what he had. Like, man, I was talking to uh, Christian Jones was on that team saying, bro, it was nine games. I didn't get a reception. I didn't even get a ball thrown to me. He threw that thing to Mark Cooper every damn time. But it's stuff like that, like, bro, if if you got to find a certain receiver, like uh, uh, my guy, uh, uh, Jermaine, is it, it, yeah, Jermaine, number yep. three, like, bro, like, last year I didn't believe him. This year he made me a believer for the for the first two games. Like, he's the go-to guy, and they need, to, they need to use him more, but they can't. I tell guys, bro, you cannot shoot yourself in the foot. That's when I go back to talking about the situation with still, Coach, because at that, man, he threw two interceptions. That, I mean, two touchdowns got called back. Now, if you don't call those two touchdowns back, he don't throw those two interceptions. Yeah. At least one of them he don't throw. Right. Let me ask you this. You think Saban, like, there's my thing. Like, you know this coaching your little boy. Like, if I got a team of thoroughbreds, then I need to be a downhill running team. Like, screw it. I'm going to go hand the ball off to Trent Richardson. I'm going to hand the ball off to Derrick Henry. I'm going to hand the ball off to whoever. If I got a guy that's more athletically gifted and skilled and up front, we're lighter, leaner, faster, then we might have to run spread option and be more triple option oriented. Is it, and I'm just asking, cause I don't know. I, I know Nick a little bit, but I don't know if this is his mindset or not. And you've been around him. Is you think Nick's stuck in the way of, all right, we're going to develop these cats to be NFL guys. And that's why Milrow's struggling. Or is he, a, is he okay to go on and take on a Sark and a, and a lanes mentality and say, listen, Whoever the OC is, the guy from Notre Dame. Hey, let's run spread option, dog. This cat's a guy that can run triple. Let's get him in space. Let's develop some, let's create some mismatches on the perimeter with our athletes and put his ass on a bind. Cause if he pulled the ball a lot, 50, 50% of the game, like a lot of these guys are doing, Alabama could be scary again with what they have up front, the back, the receivers. But I think it's more pro style approach that I'm, that I saw at least in game one. And I don't know if they really use, and I'm not questioning Nick. Fuck, he's the GOAT. I'm not, I, I don't know if they really use the uh, the talent they have to where I think they could. Now, that's just me on opinion on the outside, not knowing what's going on in the building. 
But I'm asking you, like, do you think that's a possibility from game one to game two or game two to game three? Do you think they make a change? I think I think they do got to make a change with that, man. And and I say, because I'm like you, they're not using these guys' talent to their best abilities, man. And they're, not, they're not putting us in, in the right situation. And I'm not saying that they're not being coached good or coached right, but I feel like Jalen is not a Bryce Young. You know what I'm saying? And Bryce Young wasn't a uh, 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 Jalen Hurts. You get what yeah. I'm saying? So right. it's two different mindsets and two different skills. Tua wasn't a Jalen either. Tua had something different than Jalen. Jalen had something different than Tua. It's, all of it's an it factor, but you got to learn how to get that it factor out of them too. Like, mm -hmm. JB, I done seen you on the show and say, man, I, man, I F these guys. Man, I fuck these guys. I didn't put them in the right situation. I done seen you say that as a man and as a coach and as a leader. Got now... It takes these other coaches to be like, well, damn, did I do what I supposed to have been doing to get these guys ready for that damn game? Like my coach, man, Coach 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 Burns used to all had us. But we knew everything from top to bottom that what we need to know, what the offensive line was looking like, what they D-line was looking like. But I can tell you way before ahead of time, if they was blitzing, if they was coming down, they was going to bite down, whatever it was. I can tell you because that's how we was trained. We were, I know people like the, you know, it's cliche to see military train, train, uh, train, but when we walked to that White House and they would have told us to slap Obama, we would have slapped the shit out of Obama. <laughs> right. Y'all just like this discipline locked in. Right. Locked in. And, and I think, man, you get that out of these kids, bro, by relating yeah, to them. Yes, you're a running back coach, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, people don't realize how good it, he probably one of the best running back coaches ever to coach. Ever. You think about his list, man. He had my guy Tulane went first round. He had James Spiller. He had James. I mean, James Davis had. Uh, uh, he had Spiller over there. He had Mark Me, T.J. Yell, Derrick Henry, Eddie Lacy. He had some uh, um, Robinson that's with the Redskins now. He he had a uh, uh, what's my boy name um, out there in Vegas. Uh, uh, Josh Jacobs. He had Josh. Uh, man, he, he got so many, bro. Like people don't give him enough credit, man. For it. then he had he, he helped Saquon out down there in New York. Um, but it, it's so many guys right now, bro, that this man got, but back to the topic, bro, like they got to put these kids in the right situation. And I think what you said in the beginning, he's going to drown off the, um, not catching up with time just yet. And I think that Nick is a guy that got a lot of pride, but at the same time, like he's been the only coach around to this day that can adjust to these situations. Like when they came out with the spread offense and they went to, you know, the Florida, then the Oregon, he caught up to it. Some type of way he caught up to it. But he had those gurus there too that he made gurus. He had the Kirby Smarts. He had the, you know, the Pruitts. And, you know, he had those guys that was going to buy into it and that knew the way that Coach Saban wanted. Let me ask you this straight up, Trent, man. You're an Alabama legend. Is as Alabama have y'all fallen off when it comes to the SEC? Like obviously y'all still really good. Don't get me wrong. I think you know you guys don't lose really any more than maybe two games total in a season. But I just feel like Alabama for so long was was that team that would like never lose or would lose literally only one game maybe, and that was it. And it was just like everybody named Mama was almost scared of Bama. It was a fear factor when you had to play Alabama where. The last few years with, with Georgia kind of stepping up to the plate and even Texas stepping to the plate. I, I know y'all beat Texas last year by one point, but let's be real, man. Quinn Ewers don't go down last year. I don't know. Y'all might y'all might have had two back-to-back -back L's against 
against Texas if we're keeping it real. So, like, for me, it's like I feel like the fear factor, for whatever reason, is no longer there when people are playing against Bama. What's your overall take on that, though? I, I I definitely agree with you on the, you know, people are not fearing Bama. They're not, they're not fearing us no more. Um, they're ready to play us. You know, they're, you know, they're doing it. And, and that's what Bama got to realize. Like, bro, everybody's playing a national championship game against you. They're, they're going to get drafted against y'all. Whether it's right. good or bad, that's where their draft market going to be at. You get what I'm saying? So that's what they got to realize. Like, you can't, to me, you can't live off what we did in 09 because y'all are not the same team. Right. And, it, and it's not fair to those kids because they get entitled to a sense to where you can't say nothing to them to where it's like, hey, you know, you're a five-star. So if you're a five-star, you got to give me five-star treatment, but you got to give me five-star energy the whole time you're there, bro. Like, I get it. But everybody's a five-star when you get to school, especially nowadays, because, hell, right. it's hard to get recruited if you ain't a five- or four-star because you got the transfer portal now. Right. But when hey, guys... Hey, ask something. I was, gonna, I was just about to ask you, uh, T. Rich, like, it, you think he's going on Pat McAfee starting today for that reason? To catch up, to catch up, to catch up with the trend, the primes, the the social media where all the kids live at on their phone, like seeing saving on Pat McAfee every Thursday now. You think he's like, hey, man, adapt or die. I, I'm not about to die yet. I'm ready to get this thing figured out because I think he still has years left because he's he's like Pete Carroll, dog. Like these cats, that's all they have. And if they end, if they stop doing this, is he gonna be content? You know him better. You've been on his fishing boats. Is he gonna just go fish? I think not. Man, I, it, it, he gotta do something like this, right? To to stay up with time. And Nick is smart. Like Nick game playing everything, and his team is assembled to okay, go out there and get the best. So go out there and put me in the best situation. Far from his media team to his agent. Think about this, man. What coach in the world do you know in college get them a Mercedes dealership business dealership in their contract? Like, come on, man. Like everything is planned out and everything is, you know, to a T. You know, he haven't caught up with times. But Nick, when Nick said something about paying these kids money years ago, all of a sudden now these kids are getting paid. You get what I'm saying? Like he, like in that, and that brought Nick to a different level. Cause when he said that, oh, why well, we need to go play for Nick Saban because he's about players getting paid. And you talking about a, a, a parent like myself hearing this as a recruit, not saying get me your son getting recruited. Well, shoot, if he for them players, then what I'm gonna do? So now these kids seeing you on uh Pat McAfee show. Oh, he cool. Oh, he is catching up with time. Okay, I can I He's still coach saving. You get what I'm saying? Right. And I think, you know, Nick without football, I, I, it's, it's kind of, to me, and I'm not, you know, knock on wood, it's kind of like the Bill Bryant, you know, situation to me. I don't I don't see him doing without football. And if that, I don't see Miss Terry letting him in the house that long because she ain't even used to him being there. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. On everything. Nah, hey, we, got, we, got a, we got a segment with Weddle on Monday. We're going we're gonna to say uh, Weddle's Wisdom. T. Rich Thursdays, we got to have the truth with T. Rich. I got You got to tell me truth or, or not, all right? I'm going to just say that. You just, all you got to do is say the truth. Um, gotcha. the, 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 is it the truth or not? Um, Sean Alexander is the best running back in Alabama history. Not. Nah. Hey, you've had some great ones. You got Mark, yourself. Uh, obviously, shit. Look hey, at all Lacey. the yeah. great. Uh, have a good stint. Um, I remember Sherman Williams. Like Sherman Williams was like a dude. Yeah. So remember him. 
Sherman Williams. So many. Who stands out to you then the most? Like, with, exclude yourself because in college, people could argue T. Rich was the best Alabama running back. Exclude yourself. Who stands out to you? Is it is it the obvious or is it someone you're like, man, you don't even really know about this guy? Uh, it is it. It's tough, man, uh, to not have myself in that race, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's keep tough. it real, hey. If it's true, dog. Hey, the truth with T. Risk. Hey, keep it, keep it true. But it, it's tough, man. But you, you got to think about guys like Bobby Humphrey. Um, you you got to think about guys like Deuce. Um, Deuce Williams, like he was a, I mean, I guess they just had him as an athlete, but they put him at running back and they put him at slot. Deuce Williams was doing anything. Um, um, but Sherman was a dog too, man. But it's so many that came out of Bama, but over the last 15 or 20 years, right? I had to say, it's tough, man. It's tough. Hey, it's tough, hey, man. Not True, hey, hey, the truth for T-Rex. You know, when you talk about the <laughs> – it, it's tough, man, but I don't think Sean is the best all around because when I say all around, I think about the blocking, the, the you know, how much was you getting the ball, you know, you know how much of the offense were you. Uh, I think my last year in school, I was 60% of the offense. You get what I'm saying? So let's be clear real quick, Trent. Are you saying that Trent Ritterson – is the best running back in Alabama history. Man, listen, that's 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 for the people to to vote on. Listen, I I say it, the best player that came out of Alabama is Forrest Gump. Oh, answer, say man. I respect, hey. it. I respect it. Yeah. All right, hey, I got another one. The truth with T. Rich. Julio Jones is the best receiver ever to come out of Alabama. Hands down. Hands really? down. And I say that because what Julio can do at 6'4", 6'5", people can't do at 5'11". You know what I'm saying? And not only he's fast, but he's going to catch the ball. But on blocking, too, he's going to go out there and block his ass off. He's going to be a distraction to everybody. Everybody had to know what Julio was. Not saying that these guys today are not like that, but you got guys that's – you know, you got the Judys, you got the Maris, and you got the 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 uh, the um, Smith won Devontae a Heisman. Devontae Smith, you won a Heisman. Yeah, but receiver, that's hard to do. I don't know. Listen, listen. we're not talking about NFL career. We talking about just college. Devontae listen. won a Heisman at wide receiver. Listen, but listen, what I'm saying is now, was Devontae at was Devontae Smith going to do that on a team with me and Mark and Julio? Control what you can control. I can't, I can't control. <laughs> I, I can't control my, my 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 birth date. You know what I mean? I yeah. can't control when I was born. See, but, but that's my thing. When I when I talk about guys um, that can be the best, like can I show in any area of Coach Saban or, or Alabama career? Um, can I? Yeah, can I put you in any area to where you can see that? Okay, this guy's gonna be a standout guy no matter what. He's gonna do what he's do no matter what. Like defensive tackle, right? I had to say Marcel Darius is probably the best defensive tackle to come through Alabama because you could put him on any team in Alabama and he's going to still be Marcel. Mm. I so it, it, I it's, I mean, Rolando McClain, I had to say, 
it's hard to say that Rolando McClain or uh, a DT is not the best linebacker to, uh, defensive player to ever come through because you put them on any team that in Alabama history, they're going to be the truth. They're going to be the GOAT. So it's tough. I respect that. I respect hey, that. I, uh, I, I, I do feel like each team has its own – like, for example, if, if, if you played on the team when uh, Tua or Jalen Hurts were the quarterbacks, right, your numbers might have been a little lower – not because you couldn't play the same way, just that different scenario, different offense. I got a quarterback who actually slain that. You know what I'm saying? So I do think y- your team and who's around you obviously matters. But I mean, it's hard. It's hard to go against a Heisman winning wide receiver. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. But listen, my thing with that. So people don't realize, like my last year in school, bro, I only played two whole games. Mm. Like I only played the the both of the LSU games was the the two whole games that I played. And I didn't even finish the rest of the fourth quarter in an LSU game. I think we had like five or six minutes left in the goal in the LSU game. I didn't even finish that, the last one. Damn. So, like, <laughs> yeah, like, if you look at it, like, I might have played one other game than that than in the fourth quarter, and I, and I might have been a four, uh, the, the Florida game and the Ole Miss game. That was, like, the first drive. All right. But, like, you look at it, like, it, it's cats like that. Like, I feel like you can put on any team, like Josh Jacobs. I feel like you put Josh Jacobs on any team. I'm, I'm a big fan of Josh Jacobs, man, because he can do it out the backfield. Uh, Kenyon Drake, he can be one of those guys. Yeah. Um, but Kenyon, you know, he, he wasn't the guy, but he was one of the best guys to ever play there because people don't realize how talented he was because he stayed in some, you know, some 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 BS. You know what I'm saying? Right. right. And hey, he stayed. Hurt. I gotta keep going with this truth thing. I gotta know the truth from T. Rich. Um, and I'm just I just want to know from your from you, uh, the horse's mouth, what is going on with the NFL injuries and why are they at all time high? We've had injury after injury, Achilles, hamstring, groin. Uh, I got to I got to hear from you, T. Riz. Is it lack of preparation? Is it uh, is it unwilling to uh, play in preseason games? Uh, where are you at with this whole thing? T. Ritz, 270 injuries after one weekend of football. Man, I think it's time. a normal. Say it again. I, I think it's I think it's a normal uh, a number of things, man. Uh, I think we we still need to get away from that turf. Um, because playing on cement or, or playing on carpet, like you know, I get it. You know, guys like turf. Some of them do, some of them don't. But the playing and the pushing off with your you know with your with your power. I mean, that's just like, you know, the situation that happened, you know, with Aaron Rodgers. I don't know if they was on, you know, turf or not. I think they was on turf, right? Yeah. But he can't, he like, he can't plant like he wants to, or you can't, you know, so you can't get bent up, you know, nowadays on that turf. Because if you do, you know, your foot gets stuck or your foot is not all the way in the ground like it's supposed to be, it's kind of hit or miss with that, right? But I think, I think a lot of people getting away from the, 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 the natural of, uh, of the weight room like i think you know people going to this sports diet science diet type stuff and there's no meat on these bones no more there's it, no cushion mm. and so i mean even when i was in bama last year for the bank when i was speaking to the kids everybody looked as skinny as hell oh you know, like man. like you, you gotta think about it bro your, your average linebackers right now are 225 yeah yeah because you got to cover, you got to cover RPO and lack of run game. Like there's no more, 
I, I said this years ago. I said, dog, look at our body types. Like, in no offense to a former former Roll Tide Bama player, but Devontae Smith, like, he wouldn't have survived back in the day at wideout because there ain't no more T.O.'s walking around. There ain't no more Megatrons. There ain't no more David Bostons. Like, these cats are just – because you know why? In my opinion, it's my opinion. You can tell me if I'm wrong, Smitty and, and T-Rich. There's no more contact after five yards. Wideouts know it. They know they're not going to get lit up over the middle anymore, and they're kind of – they have it in their mind, like, all right, I can free release all day. I don't got to have hands put on me. Back in the day, we used to do like, we used to get your ass jerked right out of the line of scrimmage. No more, though. So, like, you think about the regular, you can't even regular pancake no more. Like, how, how can you not pancake a guy? Uh, mm. You know, it, it's, I mean, you think about it, man. You, you go from the, the top blocking to the, you know, the, the, what is it? The the crack backing. You can't right, do right. that. You can't leave with your helmet. They changed that rule because of quote unquote me. You can't, you know, that, but you've been taught that your whole life. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think the game is so watered down, man, to where these kids, these young, these, I can't say kids, these young men out here, their, their body's not conditioned for it, man. And, and the camp practices are not the same no more either. Like, that camp, man, JB, you know. Um, but bro, you know that camp used to be hell. Like you used to take your body through everything so you can be prepared for the season. That's just like the other day, man. My son uh, was at practice Monday and they was doing a drill that they should have been doing for uh, uh, since this whole preseason. But we got a different coaching staff, so the same uh, everything that everyday grind that that grit that you know that we used to have is not there. So when our older coaches came back and he was out there, he you know he put them through a drill. And my son going at it with the other most powerful player on the team, they both, you know what I'm saying? But now my son, and he done slapped him in the face when he blocking him, and he done, his hand got stuck. Or his hand, some type of way, his thumb got broken. Mm. And to where it's like, I can't be mad because they need that shit. But if they would have had this in the beginning, in the preseason and all this other stuff, his body would be used to that. Like, he, you know, he it, it, it's in shape for it. But, man, the NFL right now, bro, is so washed down with everything. It's just like having a damn Sprite with, with extra ice in it. And now it's to melt it down, and you know how that shit tastes. Flat. Yeah, it's flat <laughs> as hell, so. That's why you, you don't put too much ice in tequila. I should have watered it down. <laughs> water it down quick. I'm just saying. That's like, real. there's outliers, T-Rich. Like, cats in the chat are talking about Aaron Donald. Like, there's outliers, but let's just keep it real. A ninety percent of them are little cats now. They're they're sloppy. They're not they're not ripped. They're not looking the part. They're sloppy. I don't understand that the league T Ritz doesn't understand this. Like that's what I'm confused on. And by the, what I mean by that is we're paying them at an all time high without results being out thrown out there. Like there's no results. You're paying them before the result comes through, and it's like. I get it. You should pay. You should be paid off what you're worth at one point, but then you got to deserve it at some point as well, right? Like well, get- well, I, I got to disagree with that part, JB, because football changed the way that that they paying cats back in the days. A number one overall pick, a quarterback, or whatever, they was getting paid big bang. I, I'm trying to think of like uh, not like this. Had, though. Was it Sam Bradford? I think like had a crazy ass. Yeah, I know you about got- to see it. Yeah. Yeah, and they changed the rules yeah, like because of that shit. Yeah. Like, hold on, you got to prove it. So now your rookie deal, you're not really getting paid like that in your rookie contract. That's why teams are, teams are trying to win 
under the, the rookie deal of the quarterback because they know after that first four years, now they're going to get the bag, which is earned because you played four years. So I got to disagree with you on, on, on that one, JB, at least on the football side of things. Well, that, 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 that's a sucker bet. That's a sucker bet. They did that to, to cover their damn selves because why do you think the running back position has been just basically deteriorated after the rookie deal? So I can just keep drafting Trent Richardson's every right. year in the fourth round and not having to pay him ever. Cause in three right. years I'll draft another Trent Richardson. I don't got to right. pay him either. But that's, that's because the game has changed so much and, and, and they just don't care about running backs no more. Y'all fell for it, Smitty. They suck at y'all. Not me. I saw it. That, but, but, but that's just because the game has changed so much. And for, you know, teams, organizations feel like the running back is, isn't as important anymore. Unfortunately, you know what I'm saying? It just is what it is. I do think everything's full circle. And I've said it before. I do think it's going to take a team, that's run run focus to make it deep into the playoffs and show that hey you can still you can still win this way now will it happen I don't know but I think it, it that's the only way that the running back market will kind of reverse and flip because it's a copycat league everybody copies each other so if you see a team like let's say the Jets still makes the AFC championship with Rodgers being gone because they utilize Dalvin Cook and Brees and Brees Hall and they make the AFC championship and they and they damn near win it all teams will be like damn okay. So I ain't got to pay my quarterback, uh, you know, two hundred million dollars or whatever. I'm gonna get an average Joe, invest in my defense, invest in my running backs, and still win games. So, uh, but we're talking about quarterback, Smitty. There's a lot of other people that are are, are being hurt by this. Quarterbacks an outlier. Look yeah. at what's happening to the rest of the positions, though. When they made this rule, that's the part I'm looking at. Like that's what I'm looking at as overall. You're see- that's why I continue to say the NFL's watered down as it's ever been. Because as a whole is what I'm talking, not just the position of quarterback. Because quarterback going to get paid if they stay healthy after year three, if they're right. any good at all. Right. <laughs> so, I mean, they're not tripping. And now, now T. Rich, I got to ask you some more truth. Do you think that cats are hesitant to leave the college now and go to the league? Because some NIL deals are as big as uh, rookie contracts. Say that again, J.B. I didn't catch the end of that. Like, you think the college players now are more hesitant to get drafted earlier because of NIL deals being basically bigger than NFL rookie contracts? You think Caleb Williams really can come Man, back listen, next year? I'm going to tell you, you like, like this. It? Why wouldn't he? If, if, and, and I'm talking about me and speaking as, you know, on the other side of this, you know, and I have been through my X, Y, and Z, right? Right now, and we were just talking about this the other day, me and Reggie Raglan was on my show. Um, why would anybody right now that had the COVID years, right? Let's talk, and we're talking about last year draft. Like I was telling him, I was like, man, if I was, you know, one of these guys coming out right now, I'll I take that extra year because I'm going to make, so say if I got five years of making $8 million a year, you're going to make twice as much that you're going to make on your rookie deal. And I know some people are like, well, why don't you just go to the league and get that rookie deal over with? Well, hell, you don't know if you're going to get past that rookie year. Like, you don't know if you're going to make it to that second contract. So why would you want to rush it? If That's just like the basketball girl. Like she said, I ain't in a rush to go to no damn league. I'm going to get paid two or three times. Well, five that, times that's, a little, that's a little different, though. W, WNBA, they don't get paid shit. So she's literally making way more money. NFL, especially if you're a quarterback, you want to start, start your clock now. Because you did you know that second deal gonna be gonna be crazy? I feel, I feel like as a quarterback at least you damn near you damn near could be losing money in in, in a weird way from a longer term standpoint 
the the longer you take to get to get into that league and get into the league, right? No, I, I you know I had to disagree. I, well, I had to be on both sides. I agree with you on that, but then my other side of me is just like, bro, like, nah, because shit, you go to a team like what Tebow got put in the situation, right? He took Denver to the playoffs, beat the Steelers, blase, blase. Then the next year they trade him off and go get paid money, and it's never a, a Tebow story no more, right? Right. And so with that, Tebow would have made maybe fifty million in college. <laughs> Right, yeah. You get what I'm saying? Like Tim Tebow got five years right in college with the COVID year. Think about that. Crazy. And you give him that that changed the recruiting scene for Florida. That changes everything. So you got to put money in Tim Tebow's pocket because he or Johnny Football, right? Right. You you get a guy like Johnny Football, bro. That's gonna bring and you got all money out there. Why would I go? And you just heard his story. Like she, he was saying that they was flat broke and he was just making up stuff. Right. <laughs> and so you think about stuff like that, bro. Like, or, or a guy like Pro Throw. Pro Throw never got to play in the NFL, but he gave Alabama his everything. And when he got hurt, he still caught the ball and his damn leg, his, his damn foot was almost chopped off. You mm. get what I'm saying? Like yeah. Pro Throw would, would never see a, a chance to play in the NFL because of that. But that guy gave Alabama. They're all, and it's still pro throw jerseys around there, bro. And it's crazy because this young man never got paid to do what he's been doing that everybody else does for the rest of their life. I mean, for their career, football career. And so I think, man, with that, bro, like, why would I go rush to the NFL if I can make $8 million every year for five years? I for four you. years. Like, why? I hear you. That's a good point. I, I think for me, it just depends on who you are. If I'm Kayla Williams, I am a lot to be the number one overall draft pick. I'm about to make a shit ton of – I'm going to make more money in the NFL than I'm making, I'm making here in college. So, like, I want to start my clock now. But if I'm a guy like a, a Tebow, who, let's be real, we knew Tebow couldn't really launch that thing like that. He was a good-ass college football player. He wasn't no – he wasn't an NFL quarterback, respectfully. You know what I'm saying? So, like – a guy like that, I'm like, nah, I'm, yeah, I'm going I'm to stay here and maximize this because I don't know if my NFL career is going to be gonna be that long. You know what I mean? But if, I, if, if I'm a Peyton Manning or Andrew Luck, a traditional, a guy who I know can play 15 years in the league, I'm going to go ahead and go. But So, I, what, I, so I, what about this? If I'm, if I'm about um, – if I'm a Caleb Williams representative or an agent and I saw what happened to Aaron Rodgers – the other night am i not like second guessing shit i might stay in this collective at usc in hollywood and i might stick around another year dog because until this turf thing gets figured out and maybe some other thing maybe i'm gonna stay my ass out the league is that a process that you're thinking about as a player right now after seeing so many injuries or are you like this is what it is i gotta go um for me i i think i would let my uh I, that's something to be thinking about, especially after after the season or, you know, when they get closer to the end of the season. End season, I wouldn't really, you know what I'm saying, pay it no attention because I still got to focus on what I got to focus on. But when you're talking about somebody that's representing me, like, why wouldn't you think like that? Like, I, if you're not thinking like that, then you don't need to be my agent or you don't need yeah. to represent me. Yeah. Because you're not going, you're not going to my best interest because at the end of the day, man, you're trying to rush me to the lead and ain't nothing been done with these injuries. Like, say if I go to a place that don't have a big uh, 
So say if I go somewhere like, yeah, don't have a big market. I'm trying to think who don't. Uh, Cleveland don't have a big market, right? But then you're losing all your deals. Um, you're losing all your NIL money. And so, and then you get there, first pick or third pick of the draft, and you don't have nobody or that program don't fit you or they get a whole different coaching staff, right? And you're not their guy. And now you're sitting there bouncing around because you're not their guy or their program don't fit you and you never make it to the second contract. So does that, that got to play a part in the thinking to the next level, right? Because if, if I go to a team that's lost every game and they suspect me to come save them in year one and they barely give me a year two, then how in the hell I supposed to keep up with the time of, Oh, I'm going to maximize my time in here and I'm going to make this much money X, Y, and Z to where now shit, I done got something to a program to where, they was not winning in the beginning. Now we don't won six games, and now he wants to win a perfect season. But shit, I don't have no time with them because they don't traded my coaches out. They don't got rid of my coaches too. So, like now I'm in uh, in, a, in a limbo because no nobody know me and my staff that you know brought me in. They not there no more. But let, but let me say this real quick. So you mentioned you you use Cleveland as the example, right? Not a big mm -hmm. market, not a big time market. Like don't get a lot of clout, whatever. Let's use a perfect example. Baker Mayfield, number one overall pick, Cleveland Browns. Man made a shit ton of money in endorsements. We can't turn on TV without seeing Baker Mayfield on TV. So even in situations where you're in a smaller market, you still are getting the bag off the field. Not even talking about the owner field money. I just looked this up because I, I just want to get a general idea of, of what the number one overall picks make, right? So I'm, I'm on spot track. Mm -hmm. It's a pretty reliable source. It said the projected contract for the number one pick in the 2023 NFL draft was estimated to be around $41 million in total value with a signing bonus of approximately $26, uh, $26 million uh, and a salary cap hit of $7 million. So these guys, you're talking about making $8 million a year for X amount of years in college. These guys sign a bonus, which means I'm getting that right now. As soon as I sign, I'm getting this right now. I'm getting 26 M's right now. So if I'm Caleb Williams, Am I gonna stay at, at, at SC for another year to make eight million? Or am I gonna sign this, get the sign bonus, make twenty six million right now, just from on the field shit? Not talking about the commercials I'm about to be in, the up uh, the endorsements, that, the bigger endorsements that I'm about to get now that I'm at a national stage. Because more people watch NFL than watch college football. Let's keep it real. So, yeah. and then all, beyond all the money too, as a competitor, man, when we were all kids playing the game of football, what was the goal? To make it to the NFL. One, because of money, yeah, sure. But two, and probably more importantly, because I love the game. So now we're at a point now where I got a chance to be a top 10 overall pick, and, I, and I'm about to sit around and say, no, nah, I might actually, I might stay at USC because, bro, what? No, this is the dream. So I, I get it. I just feel like if hey, you're who a quarterback, you got to get the Who told you he's making $8 million? Who said he's making $8 million? Uh, he's making $8 million? No, that's the number I threw out there because I know uh, they were saying that boy uh, from Tennessee. It was a Nico, the, the number one. Nico, $8 million. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, he was making eight. million. I just threw it out there. But no, I'm saying. Hey, so, I gotta, so he had, I know for a fact that he has, I think, uh, Fanatics. He's got AT&T right now in college, right? He got Fanatics, AT&T, uh, United Airlines. Mm -hmm. uh, he's, I think. The NIL valuation is around $3 million, which is fourth in college. That's crazy, right? He's fourth in college in NIL. Um, 
I want to play a game before T. Rich get out of here. If I were the college football commissioner, all right, let's play this game, Big Smitty and T. Rich. I got to ask you, if I, I'm going to go first and you guys take it from me. If I was the commissioner, number one, if you don't play in a bowl game for your team, you should not be able to return the next year and play another season. Number one, that's the first thing I'm taking out. You got to play college football bowl games if you want money. If you're going to get paid and then shit out on your teammates and coaches and not play in the actual bowl game, I think it's foul. You should either go to the league or not be able to come back to your respective team. I would add that into the bylaw if I'm the commissioner of college football. And B, if you transfer after before the year is out that you got your NIL deal, you need to pay it back. That's just my opinion. And I believe coaches, if you leave after promising kids you're going to stay, you need to pay back the money that that school paid you as well when you go to the new school. So, because I'm tired, though, there's no repercussion. There's no sacrifice being made. Like, everyone's getting the bag without ever understanding that, hey, dog, there's a real world out here that, that, that might hit you in the mouth. Like, I just don't know, T. Rich, why – no one holds their their teammates, their brothers. We like to call them homies, brothers. There, there are ride and dies. There are soldiers. No, they're not. If they're not going to play with you when it counts, how 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 you call them your brother? I, I don't get it. But that's just me yelling at the clouds. Go ahead, Smitty. Uh, well, you said a lot there. The first thing you said was just for clarity: if a guy doesn't play in a bowl game, they should not be able to return next season. Is that correct? Yep. My question for you, though, is simply when a player sits out the bowl game, it's because they're declaring to the NFL anyway. So I don't know too many players. And I could be wrong. Please correct me. I just didn't. I don't know too many players that will sit out sit out the bowl game, but their intentions are to come back next season. If I sit out the bowl game because I'm trying to stay healthy so I can prepare for pro day, combine, and go to the league. So I don't even think that should even be an a, 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 a issue on that one, right? Or am I tripping? But, but, but to T. Rich's point, though, it's gonna go. It's gonna. We're gonna get in that rabbit hole because cats are gonna sit out the bowl game and then still come back and collect an NIL and play the next season. They're not gonna play in that bowl game, which is to, to me, it's crazy. T. Rich, if you can play ten games, why y'all can't play in the bowl game? Like you're you're gonna get hurt in that game. That's the game y'all hurt or worried about. Like, well, real quick, JB, you know what messed it all up? Jalen Smith, Notre Dame linebacker. He was amazing in college. Freak athlete. You know, what I mean, it was one of the highest level prospects. He plays in that bowl game on the first, like, couple drives, maybe the first drive, messes his knee up, nerve damage. He wouldn't even expect to be able to play again. Thank God he's able to get it relatively healed. And he's had a solid career, but Jess Smith is not the same Jess Smith that he, he once was and would have become if he stayed healthy. After that point, if you guys look it up, after that season, after that bowl game, that's what players was like, hey, man, I'm chilling. I'm not about to mess my bag up, mess my money up. That changed everything. Yeah, and I and I see it from both ends, man. Uh, but I I definitely agree with JB when it comes to you know guys need to finish out their season. Like, why are you not playing in the bowl game? Like, we we started this thing, let's finish it. And so I think that I think that need to be put in the NIL stuff. Like, if you're not gonna finish the bowl game, I mean, then why in the hell are you even on the team with us? Like, you supposed to be my brother, my ride or die. I get that part. I, I love that part, JB. Like, shit, that should be def that should definitely be up in that contract to where. You got this NIL, um, you got to pay back or you don't get paid for half of the, whatever it is, whatever, however it's written up. Yeah. 
some need to be taken away. Um, but I definitely think when it comes to the coaches, if the coaches leave after promising these kids that they're going to be there, I don't say pay the money back their school, but these kids need to have a choice to transfer right then and there. Definitely. Definitely. I agree with I that. Agree. I'm not saying give up that money because you get in a situation like Dion to where he was giving out all the money that he was supposed to be collecting. It's right. kind of hard to, you know, because at the end of the day, shit, they still got a family, you know, so I can't yeah, sit there and say. You got to take care of your life. My, if, if, if a better job opportunity comes, I might have made you a promise in, in, in fucking August, but then January mm. comes around and another job opportunity comes that's way bigger that I did not expect to be there. I would be a damn fool to not take that job and to take care of, of my family and grow in any way, in any position in life. You, the goal is to grow and get better. Our goal here with this show is to blow this thing up, get to a point where we're making enough money where we can do this shit in person, get a whole setup, a, a studio setup. T Rich can be in person. We can fly T Rich out. We all making big time money. That's the goal. So whether it's coaching, whether it's playing football, regardless, I'm never gonna get mad at somebody for trying to level up. You know what I'm saying? So, like, I I, I don't know. And, and then real quick to comment on, on, uh, to you guys about the about the players having, like, a, a stipulation in their NIL contract to, to where you got to play in bowl games. NIL ain't got nothing to do with the NCAA. These, NIL is just a, a separate sponsor who wants to represent me because how good of a player I am. They don't give two, two shits if I play in the – and the uh uh gl the gluten free bowl game, they don't care if I do it or not. They want to know: Am I making plays? Am am I balling out during that whole entire year? Because if a, if a brand, if I'm a big time player, and a brand tells me you got to play in a bowl game where we ain't paying you, I'm gonna say, okay, hey. do this. Another brand will. Hey, before T Rich get out of here, I'm gonna blow your mind, then Big Smitty, with what you just said. Yep. Then I want to know what the nil contract is. Because there ain't nobody disclaiming what people are making. They're not showing us. If you're professional and you want to be treated as a professional like these college kids, I want to see each NIL deal that's being hidden by private collectives. Because we don't know what cats are making. So when we do know what people are making, it might start holding cats a little more accountable, dog. Because we don't know what truly people are making. All I know is the average NIL deal is $300. Hmm. We all see Caleb Williams and, and, and you know, these other yeah. shit. You don't really know the $300 cat. And that's why you got these dudes in the transfer portal. Show your money, NIL Collective, NCAA. Y'all pawned it off on the kids anyway. NCAA just did this to not pay kids again. That's all they did. They got away with not paying once again. And now they put it on someone else. And now it's free agency without a return. And you you don't even know what cats are making. Show it out. Put it on the books. And so what, what, claim what he makes. I got to claim what I make. We pay taxes. Show that shit. Well, it, it, it's crazy we was talking about this, man, because NCAA, man, NCAA is so damn funny, man, to where they pushed it off to where, hey, y'all cats, y'all business got to play these players. It ain't coming from the $9.9 .9 that we making a year off these guys. This is how we're going to straighten it out. Y'all going y'all gonna to pay these players straight up, and we're still going to tax, and we're still going to stay behind the scene and be the ghost of the, you know, uh, and be the mob behind the scene. And so we're not losing nothing. Y'all just paying out more money, or y'all y'all losing money, and, and now y'all got to, you know what I'm saying, 
y'all got to find a way to deal with that because if you don't, now I'm fit to come in and throw the flag. I'm fit to tax your ass. And I'm talking about the business. But I think um, this double A, man, that ain't nothing but a, a crook deal, man. They, they, they been robbing us, bro. And it's crazy, man. You making $9.8 a year off these kids, off us, off Coach JB, off, off you, Smitty. Like, <laughs> and you're going to suspend Harbaugh, the coach, and you're going to suspend Chase Young, the player, for buying his girl a flight to a bowl game. Like, it's going both ways now. Like, right. they're so, just getting over on everybody. That's why I do believe in, 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 in less than three years, I think the NCAA will be gone, at least from the big-time programs that are going to that are going to branch off like the sec is going to become, I believe like the power five South. And then you're going to have the power five North. I believe the big 12 and the big 10 will be one. And then I believe you'll have the ACC um, and either come with the sec or you're going to have either four major conferences or maybe five, but the rest of the schools maybe will be under the NCAA. I don't think the NCAA is going to be in that, in that, in that big one. And I think y'all, the SEC's, Commissioner Greg Sankey will be the commissioner of those four power five or four, four groups of four, whatever you want to call it. And that's what I think is going to happen. I'm, I'm just hearing too many rumblings that the NCAA is about to be abolished when it comes to those big schools because the schools can get rid of them. They, they, they don't need them now anyway. What do they need them for? The NCAA ain't paying nobody. They're not, they're only fining you and suspending you. And they just, they just deem that kid ineligible dog from North Carolina. Yeah. Like, Ted Walker or whatever. Yeah. But 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 uh, but uh, uh, the quarterback can go to five schools. JT Daniels, yeah. JT Daniels. So like, I, I don't get it, dog. I don't get it. T Ridge Thursdays in here, man. Uh, T Ridge, I can't thank you enough, dog. Uh, I'm sending you an IT guy and a, and a big ass mic uh, on Monday. <laughs> I, I need it. Listen, I need it. I got boxes and shit everywhere. I got- <laughs> Just play, hey, just play around with it, post show. I'm telling you, it's simpler than what you think, man. It's simpler. You got to just plug it in. You probably got to go to your settings and change your, your computer mic to your to your actual mic right in front of you, and you can make it happen, my brother. If you need some hey, help, hit us up. Fuck that. I ain't doing shit. I don't know how to man. do shit. I ain't messing with it. I'm going to get them right. Man, this is the first. This this one of them times you'd be like, damn, where my kids at, man? Like, <laughs> any other time, like, man, get y'all ass to school. Go on, get up out the house. Right, right, right. Damn, my kid, I've been running around since I've been running around since six this morning trying to get this stuff fixed. <laughs> well, we glad we had you on, my brother, man. And uh, T Rich Thursday is always good, and um, we can't wait right. to have you next week. Real quick, who you got winning tonight? Vikings and Eagles. Who you got Thursday night football? I can't go against Jalen, man. I'm, 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 I'm a big believer in what he do because he is the run game in the passing game. Um, but they got my guy Smith over there, bro. Um, I'm I'm big on Philly. I always been a big Philly fan since Andy Reid days and the Brian Westbrook days, man. Uh, but I I, I always been a, a Philly fan, so I don't see nobody beating them. I don't see them losing tomorrow. Um, before we get out though, man, uh, I don't know was it last week when we was talking. I don't, I don't know was it a private conversation that we was having, but man, when I got home. And one of my biggest accomplishments as a dad, bro, uh, is right here, man. My daughter was in the national, she is in the National Honor Society, bro. My oldest daughter. And so, man, that's, it's huge, man. Because people don't realize. Congratulations, my daughter. Hey, I love that, man. Come it up. Hell yeah. Yeah, I had it when I was 15, man. Yeah, bro. 
That's what we People live for. Kids. That. Kids. Getting our kids to be better than we was. Shit, that's all I've tried to do. Man, and it's scared. JB, what would you do right now? Question for y'all before we get out of here. Both of y'all. Um, we, we know TJ is supposed to be, you know, he's the All-American. He's all this and that. Number one player, this is net. But um, we ain't got a big game until another two weeks. He just broke his thumb Monday. And he's still out there mother grabbing one-hand catches without pads on. And he just plucking it and making it look real easy. I'm thinking, like, shoot, I should leave him out, let him sit out for these next two weeks, or let him be him because he want to go play regardless and let him go out there this week. I think I should hold him back for at least another two weeks. I mean, it's a – it, it's a it's a parental decision. He's young, dog. The only the the you know me. I'm gonna say, I'll oh, play that cat. That's, that's we're so soft, but he's young. I ain't yeah. gonna try. To, yeah. He got a whole future ahead of him. Like I don't know. It's broken, which is a better thing than sprain. Because if it's sprain, it's gonna keep swollen, uh, swelling. But have you done the paraffin wax thing with him? No, I ain't did that I go buy a paraffin wax, man. Go buy it. On, you can buy it on Amazon. It's a machine. It's hot wax. You stick your whole yeah. hand. And it hardens up on your hand. And I broke all my fingers playing. And paraffin wax, man, is a lifesaver. It's, it's the best thing. You can get it on, on, on Amazon. It's good for your fingers, man. And it's hot. It's not burnt. It's not going to burn them, but it's hot. And it you pull it, you put it in there, stick it in there, pull it out. It makes it a glove, a wax glove on your hand. And it and it works that joint in that bone. And it'll strengthen it a lot faster. I would do that, keep them out a week or two, and do that for two weeks if you're still going to play him. But he plays the yeah. position. You got to catch the ball, dog. That's that's an easy re-injure. Yeah. Yeah. And it, and it's crazy because he still play linebacker too, man. And so right now we hurting because it's just like. If damn. he only play linebacker, you wrap that bitch up and cast it up. Yeah, put a cask on. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but we, we do so much with him, like, far as the lead block. Like, he's always the lead block. Like, and. Everything. Yeah, man, it's crazy because, I mean, naturally he's a true quarterback, but he don't want to play quarterback because he want to catch the ball and have fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah so, give him that. Give him that club. Give him that fucking yeah. club. Yeah. Oh, there he but, hey, man, but yeah, I agree. Man. I agree, though. Sit him out. And he young. Ain't no point of, like, risking it. Sit him out. Let him heal up. And, uh, yeah, because our next national game in until two weeks. Our next national game. So, oh, right yeah. now it's regular season. So, I was thinking oh, about man, just holding him out to the end. Yeah, I'd hold him out. Uh, T. Rich Thursday, dog. We can't wait. We got an intro video uh, for T. Rich. It'll be done next week. Our guy, our guy didn't get it in, um, but we got a, a a video that's fire. I got can't wait for you to see it. And uh, we'll be back next Thursday with you. Uh, much love to you, dog. Be safe in these streets. Yes, sir. Sure. Appreciate y'all, man. Ain't number love, y'all. All right, brother. I'll see you next week. Yes, sir. Rich Thursdays. Uh, we can't. You going back to back though, JB? I think you scared. I think you nervous. You look scared as hell. Hey, we like we back to back with everybody, man. We got legend after legend. Uh, Steve Kim joining the Korean Coast Cell, talking that Miami Hurricane Heat. What up, the Steve? Encyclopedia. Morning. What's going on, fellas? Hey, is Diggs really a shitbird? <laughs> Isn't that a rhetorical question at this point? Uh, I, I mean, I don't understand. Where people say, "Well, he's motivating," like Whitlock said, he's he's putting the pressure on. No, he's not. He's putting undue pressure. One one of those interceptions, that deep post where he threw into like three Bills, that was his way of trying to keep Stephon Diggs happy. Yeah. Um, and we try to make everyone happy. You make no one happy. Exactly and, right, Steve. You've been coaching lately, Steve. Have you no, been? No, but Michael Irvin said something on 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 his show. He said, "I am sick of Stephon Diggs going." 
be smart. Yeah, this Mensa member is telling someone else to be smart. But anyway, he's still stop doing this to your quarterback when you know everyone's going to focus on you and your quarterback. Because if I did that to Troy Aikman, you know what would happen? He'd slap me across my face. You know how I would, I would react? Troy, you are right. You are right. Let's work on this. And Michael Irvin said something really interesting years ago on Inside the NFL. He goes, I don't understand these wide receivers today who believe that bitching out their quarterback, acting a fool, screaming at him, pouting um, is good for their relationship or their game. He goes, that is not good business. It's not even good football. He goes, um, let me just tell you this. If I ran the greatest route in the world and Troy Aikman ever overthrew me or threw a two-hopper, you know what I would do? Because I'd come back to the huddle and I'd say, Troy, Troy, I'm going to run an even better route. I'm sorry. That's my fault. Of course, Stephon Diggs, he's not a man the caliber of Michael Irvin. Uh, honestly, he really isn't. The guy pouts too damn much. Okay? And that is the truth. And I know people are going to say, oh, let Stephon be Stephon. Hey, dickheads, that's been the problem. No one has ever told Stephon to shut the F you. That's the truth. Okay? And unfortunately, Josh Allen and this whole society just can't tell me, Stephon, come here. I'm going to tell you this right now. The next 20 plays, I'm going to go to Gabe Davis. I don't care how old. So let's see. what. In the 21st play, I say, yo, Steph, Diggs, baby, come here. Are we good or not? Good. Now shut the F up and let me take you to the Pro Bowl. Because the, the chances of Allen still being an effective player by him and ignoring Diggs, is a lot better than Diggs ever being ignored by Josh Allen. Josh, show some guts, but you still have to play better. Let me get that straight because I'm fair, but I'm firm. I'm about to say. But, but <laughs> I would tell Diggs, Diggs, because Michael Irvin also said this. He goes, let me just tell you something. One time I was I was, I was in my locker room and Deion Sanders came in, old prime. And probably, like, hey, man, you, you got to talk to Troy. He goes, and he goes, whoa, 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 Deion, what happened? He goes, yeah, well, me and Troy are arguing. He goes, Deion? Um, yeah, me and you are boys, but that is my quarterback. So I'm going to tell you this. You better apologize to Troy. I don't care what happened, but that's my quarterback. He will always take precedence over you right now. In fact, he even told his mom, Michael Irvin said, Mom, I just want to know one thing. You and Troy get into an argument, I'm going to take Troy's side. See, because you know why? Because Michael Irvin was a serious person. But he also had, get this, yeah, he was smart. So Diggs, dummy up for once, lay back, and try to be an asset to your quarterback. Jesus, sick of him. Hey, uh, Steve, I got it. You and Smitty gonna take this for one minute. I'm gonna take the dog out, but let me ask you something. Um, I, I, I kind of like agree, uh, but I know Smitty's got something to say on this one. Is Sean McDermott not the most stressed out coach in the league right now because of what's happening there? I want you and Smitty to just. I mean, you could jump in first. Thing. I mean, I know we, we talked about it a little bit before. I mean, uh, stressed out. I, I think. Definitely. I mean, he's oh, dealing pressure. with pre, pre, all the pressure, number one, because the Bills have kind of fallen short the last few years. Number two, you know, Stefan Diggs leaving camp, you know, practice, all these noise. Is, is him and Josh Allen, are they friends? How are they doing with the relationship? Then you go out here and you lay an egg and lose, lose against a Jets team who just lost their quarterback in the first damn drive. Um, and then on top of that, leaked reporters or whatever information or conversation gets gets out so it's just, it's just a lot of noise and it's only week one yeah look the window is not closed but it's closing mm. and that monday night game i remember thinking through the early in the third i said unless josh allen gives this away 
They cannot lose. And unfortunately, Josh Allen, this is on him. He gave that game away. That is on him, though. No matter what I just said, again, this is why I'm so good because I'm unbiased. I could love you and I'll kill you. Josh, you blew that game. And he played one of the worst technical games I've seen from a quarterback. Every time he got to the top of his drop, he's bailing on the pocket. And I'm like, Josh, some of these are clean pockets that you're bailing on. And then his mechanics fell apart. He was yep. feet were not underneath them. His arms all out. I'm like, Josh, I get it. The Jets are really ferocious up front. You've got to trust your training and your fundamentals have to be grounded. And he fell apart. He fell apart. So, and some of the pressures on Ken Dorsey, the offensive coordinator, because I don't know if he's been great for Josh Allen. And this is where having a running game would really help because you could just settle down a quarterback by consistently getting into that league on second and six or five. And I don't know if they stay patient enough with the running game. And quite frankly, it's not like O.J. Simpson or uh, Thurman Thomas is back there either, to be fair. Right. Great. Right, that's true. I agree. That's definitely true, man. And uh, I don't know. I just uh, Josh Allen's decision-making just throughout his career, y'all. I mean, we keep it real. He's so talented. He makes a lot of amazing plays. But his decision-making at the quarterback position has been poor. And we saw that at the highest level uh, on that Monday night game. I mean, it, two of those picks, he literally just – Threw it down the field. Like, he didn't even – he just threw it. And it was two of the easiest interceptions. Myself, Steve, or JB could have all probably caught that those picks ourselves because the way he threw it. So, I just don't understand what he's looking at, what he's thinking, if he's getting nervous, if he's – I don't know. It, it just doesn't make sense to me. And uh, I'm sure that's leading to some of the frustration that you're seeing from the wide receiver. Well, but you're right. You still can't showcase that on the field. But you know what, though? There's two words that Josh Allen has never understood and has not been preached to him enough. It's called check down. Mm. Yeah. And you could simplify, like, you go deep to shallow. If the deep's not there, just dump the doggone thing. Right. Honestly, it's just really the, the safest, simplest way of quarterbacking is to consistently take the loose change um, and also the way Josh runs the ball, it, I don't think all that's sustainable. He's a big, strong athlete. But, you know, we have to be fair about this. That style and the way he plays recklessly with his body, that is not really conducive to long-term success. Yeah, 100%, man. I mean, the guy's trying to hurdle people on the field. Yeah. I'm like, come on, Josh. And then he goes to the sideline, he's smiling about it. He's like, no, this is not, this is not smart. So we'll see, man. I mean, I wish the best for him, but, I mean, man, just – it's hard to expect change when someone continues to show show you who they are. But moving to, hey, Steve, to tonight, I, I, I want to get your take, Steve. I did this yesterday. Me well, you Smitty. just cut off Smitty like an Asian driver, Coach. <laughs> I'm used to it. I'm used to it. <laughs> I didn't know, man, our mics are behind for some reason today, and I'm getting like I'm getting like we're way behind. I don't know why on my end, so it's on me, I guess. Um, so I didn't even hear Smitty. I, I want to ask you a question. I talked about our, 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 our coaching performances, top five coaching performances, top five quarterback performances from week one. We, Smitty and I discussed it yesterday. Um, I want to get into the coaches first. What do you think about my list right here? I got Robert Sala at number one, McVay going to Seattle and beating them without Cooper Cup, number two. Mike McDaniel, the weirdo analyst, number three. Kyle Shanahan uh, didn't underperform this time for the first time, number four. And then Josh McDaniels finally doing something in mile high, even though the Raiders own Denver um, with a team that's kind of disgruntled and don't really like them. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, those teams played well, but it's only week one. Uh, 
I, you know, I know people can put an asterisk by it, but for the Lions to go into Kansas City under any circumstance, I, I know the Chiefs were very shorthanded and they got some help, but I thought that game was key for the Lions because in years past, they would have found a way to lose that game. Yeah. And I think there's a lot of pressure in the NFL to win one of your first two or three games or it becomes tough mathematically to make the playoffs. And they gutted that one out. As for the Niners, Coach, I know you disagree, but the Niners, I think, are loaded. And if if Purdy can just play the type of football that he has for eight, nine games, that team's going to be tough to beat. I actually think Purdy's a really solid, serviceable quarterback. Yeah, man. Nah, they looked What's amazing. It? And uh, I know myself, I was still kind of second-guessing Brock Purdy. Um, you know, I wanted to see more. He played a half-foot season last year. It was a reason why he was the last pick in the draft. So I was like, I need to see more. I know it was only one game, but I, I saw, I think I've saw, I've seen enough. I mean, he's proven that he's healthy, the elbow's okay, and that within that 49ers offense, he's a he's a top-tier quarterback within that offense. You know what I'm saying? The way he manages it, the way he runs it. I mean, he looks like a vet out there. Brandon Ayuk, oh my God, it was just catch after catch. I think people forget about how good and talented he is because of Debo Samuel, CMC, all the other guys they got. Brandon Ayuk, man, he's a guy. And I agree with you, Steve. That point on the team is going to be hard to beat if they, as long as they stay healthy. Knock yeah. on wood. That's the main thing there. Um, I want to ask you about, about tonight, though, Steve. Speak, speaking of that, Smitty, uh, I got Purdy at three. Steve, where you got oh, him? Oh, look at that. I mean, this is just week one. Where where would you put him? Wait a minute. You have Zach Wilson at five. Wait a minute. Let's not let the result overshadow the first. He was okay. It's just week one, but it's week one. You got to understand, Steve. Hold on, Steve. Let's, let's, let's talk boxing here. <laughs> I'm not supposed to be on the main card. The guy gets hurt. They call me. I got to go fight fucking uh, the best fighter in the world. I got to go fight Crawford today. I haven't even trained for the guy. Like, I'm supposed to sit back and watch Aaron Rodgers and chill with headphones in my ear. I'm relaxed, most relaxed dude in the stadium. I got to go from cold to hot like that. That is not an easy task to take that team in there and do what they did after the, the whole event of Aaron Rodgers going down. I had to put him in there, even though he – to me, he looked like really, really shitty. <laughs> he threw the one pick. He, he managed the game. Uh, he I can't remember five. <laughs> yeah, he looked really shitty, but he's five. <laughs> hey, you gotta be. You gotta be. Oh no, man. I I, I hear you. I, I disagree with that too. Like you kind of just contradicted yourself, JB. You say he looked shitty and you put him in number five, but I but I hear you. Know, I, I, from what happened, he gotta be in my top five because of what he did and what they what happened on that field that day. He gotta be. Just like Salah had to be number one. And Big Smitty, Steve, had Shane Steichen, who lost over Robert Sala as his five top five coach of the week. How does that work? Shane Steichen did a hell of a job. If you guys watch the game before everyone laughs and ha ha and start, if we watch the game, Shane Steichen put put together a a a game plan that allowed the coach to be in position to win that game against a very good, very talented Jacksonville Jaguars team that we all believe is taking the next step and is going to win the AFC South and it's going to do all this and that. Everybody and a mama told me, Steve, that Anthony Richardson was a horrible pick. He was trash in Florida. He he might be the worst uh, uh, top quarterback pick that evolved. I've heard nothing but negative things. 
I go watch week one. He was the best rookie quarterback of week one, point blank period. Not not even a discussion. And that I put a lot of that towards Shane Steichen and the system and the game plan that he put together. So I got to show him love even in the loss. Sorry. Hmm. Those rookie quarterbacks must have been really bad then. I thought CJ here's, here's, the, here's what's going to happen with uh, AR5. Or was it 15 now or whatever? Um, uh, in this league or in any professional league, when they start to realize where you want to throw the ball, where you're good at it, and where you're not, uh, let, let's see how this works out in week eight or nine. Um, I, I don't disagree. Richardson had a pretty decent week one. But the tendencies, the scouting is so advanced nowadays, the analytics and the metrics, because he's still a limited intermediate passer. That's where he struggles a little bit to complete those NFL throws, especially around the hash marks. I want to see where he's at in two weeks. His athleticism is going to bail him out of certain situations. And they're going to scheme things up that are going to be ideal for him. That's the big key. If he would have came into the league 20 years ago, they would have had him under center in an eye formation or offset eye. I don't think it would have worked. But the fact that they are now playing this style of football can accelerate his progress. But, again, let's see where he is in week seven and eight, if he can consistently build upon week one. I hear you. I hear you. Uh, again, we're, we're just talking about week one right now. So, based upon week one and based upon everything you just said, Steve, that's the reason why I give Shane Stiking the credit because – we know Richardson is limited as a quarterback. We understand that there's a lot that he still has to learn. So the fact that he managed that system and allowed him to still be in the game, I got to give credit towards that. But, JB, we got to talk about tonight. It's Thursday night football. We ain't talking about the game. We got the Vikings and the Eagles. What's going on? Like, who, you, who you got, Steve? Who you got? Well, I know what's going to happen. Right around 5 o'clock, Coach is going to put up a video uh, screaming because Amazon is all scrambled uh, and, and he can't get a signal. And because that was a tradition last year, death taxes and uh, Coach JB not being able to watch the Thursday night game. But, you know, my focus is the real game, the Florida rivalry, Miami Bethune-Cookman. Oh, showdown on the ACC network. Wow, what a game. What a game. I'm nervous. I'm nervous here. But that's the game. That other NFL game, I don't need to see Kirk Cousins. I've seen enough. I'm good. Steve, is that game on Amazon tonight? It's one of those Thursday night games. Uh, last Thursday wasn't on Amazon, though, man. I'm just no, because that's the NFL opening weekend, though. I'm the NFL a- opening weekend's always on NBC. Steve, yeah. I'm gonna have a bad night. Steve, <laughs> I'm gonna have a bad night. A lot of Palomas, Steve. You should have came over. A lot of Palomas. You should come over and watch the Miami game. When's that game on? That game is on 4:30, and, and I'm going to a game watch. My friend's coming into town. We we might be the only two guys focusing in on um, Miami Bethune Cookman, but. We're doing it for Ed Reed. Ed, we are taking out the trash for you, ironically. <laughs> Should be a good game, man. I can't wait to see that one. <laughs> hey, so matchups that you're uh, – I want to go through is Thursday, so we won't get you till next week. I want to get a, uh, a little bit of uh, from the picks. scheduling, get your, yeah. get your takes on a few games. Um, let's do college first. I know uh, you just mentioned that Miami game. Um of course, you're going to do that. Um, if they lose to Bethune Cookman, you need to just never ever. We're not losing to Bethune Cookman. Give me uh, a break. Any game on the slate that you're interested in, other than um, 
LSU, Mississippi State. No, I'm just kidding. Um, there's really not a lot of lot going on out there. Utah, Weber, um, Notre Dame, Central Michigan. I mean, so relatively weak slate. I'm actually going out to the fight, the Commerce Casino. Uh, Mercito Hesta takes on Williams of Pedo. That'll be on the zone. But, uh, you know, Colorado, Colorado State, I'll probably DVR that before I go out. But uh, the college football week that's really going to be hot is going to be September 23rd. That's the weekend where there's great games up and down. Um, but, you know, anything can happen. But when I looked at that schedule, I, I made a decision. I'm going to go to the fights. I'll just catch some of the games uh, a little bit later. I think Ohio State plays Notre Dame that day, September 23rd. I want to make a prediction right now. I like Notre Dame. Me too. And I'm not even so sure it's an upset. Me too. At that point, they got the better quarterback by far. Yes, they do. <laughs> by far. Right now, they have a decided advantage, and it is at the Golden Dome. It's at South Bend. They played with them for three quarters last year with, with no offense. There's something about that Ryan Day offense right now that doesn't look right. And I know Kyle McCord is the number one quarterback. It's been named. I don't know if that takes pressure off of him. But they still, I don't know. I, I, I like what Marcus Freeman is doing out there. Really a big test for him and his program. But I, I think they're going to pass it. I got two hot takes, Smitty, real quick for college for Steve. I think Washington boat races Michigan State out of the building, only for the fact that the Mel Tucker scenario, I think Dan Antonio, from what I'm hearing, Dan Antonio is going to be the head coach uh, for the game. I hear the players have gone to the AD and asked for him not to be the head coach. I hear it's a complete shit show in Michigan State right now in East Lansing. Uh, I think that if Washington's on their P's and Q's, Penix shows up and, and they boat race Michigan State out of the building. Uh, the other game that I have that's very interesting to me because I know this man very well. I know both men very well. Texas either boat races Wyoming or this is a game in the fourth quarter. It's one of those games because yeah, the letdown, the emotional letdown. But isn't that at, in Austin though for Texas? Because if it is, I think they pull away. That Texas team in that last three drives in Tuscaloosa, they grew up. Uh, Quinn Ewers became a truly elite quarterback and all those offensive weapons. But it is, it is a letdown situation, but you'd much rather be at home. And uh, the other game that I'm kind of interested in, North Carolina plays Minnesota. That's going to try to run the ball to death and take the air out. And they're going to test the UNC front seven because they're going to run the ball at least 45, 50 times. That's what they do. They don't have much quarterback play, not much of a throw game. So that's going to be interesting. Um, and oh, by the way, I saw clips. I saw the cut up of Dante Moore from last week, guys. That guy's gonna be a real good quarterback. He is a master of the RPO. Watch Dante Moore, and coach, that's another quarterback that's in the Pac 12 that I would say that guy's good. Pac 12 has like nine elite quarterbacks by college standards. I can't remember a conference with this many signal callers, top to bottom, that are quality. Hey, he's also negotiating a new NIL deal and on top of beating San Diego State because he's not very happy with the million dollars that was promised oh, to him. Yeah. Only getting 125K from what I'm hearing from inside source. So, so Dante, um, hold on, so hold on. So Dante wants more. Okay, good. All right. Hey, Steve Kim, the the greatest, uh, what is that called? A cliche or is that a, uh, 
Trans- well, he's a, he, he's a journalist, so he just naturally has those. They come to his mind like this, you know. Can I, mean? I just say something about that? Him not being happy. I don't like that. You've played one good game against San Diego State. How about you put together a good season and then say, okay, what are we doing? This is why, you know how you stem this? I would start making NIL deals, multi-year deals, um, and it's a bit of a risk. But I would say, okay, in this multi-year deal, your terms are locked in, and then you can't transfer. This is already college football turned pro, so make it pro, make it multi-year deals. You know? Yeah. Um, all right, Smitty, let's get some takes before Steve gets out of here. Uh, we got Rashawn Jennings coming on at 830. Um, Steve, I got you for a few more minutes. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, Vikings-Eagles tonight. Just get, Let's just go through the picks. Uh, we don't need to go bet. We won't bet. We won't do the betting thing on this one since we're doing it Sunday with Sean, but uh, we'll do it tomorrow, uh, Smitty. But uh, Vikings-Eagles in uh, in Philly at Lincoln Financial. Uh, oh, then Philly big. Philly yeah. big. Philly big. Okay. Third Cousins primetime games. You know the track record, guys. When the lights are bright, he goes dim. <laughs> Give me Philly. Let me ask you this. If you're a betting man, would you go over or under 49 points combined? I think you Minnesota know, is pissed off. They're going to have to score some points tonight after the showing in, in Tampa, no? Yeah, but you know what's funny? We're still in the week five of the preseason. None of these offenses look all that great. So I, I think right now the under seems to be the trend. I agree. I agree. Um, but then you could have a blow, you know, a, a game that just explodes on Thursday night because it's Thursday night, and they know they're going to be off ten days. Uh, I'm curious to see that how that plays out. Um, Smitty, you and I will do ours tomorrow. I just want to get Steve's takes if you're cool. Uh, yeah, of course. Packers Falcons um, in in Atlanta. I I know Jordan Love had a good game. I I, I brought up a point yesterday, Steve, and I want to get your take on it before you give me your pick. I said that Matt LaFleur looks relaxed and comfortable in his play calling because he knows he can actually coach the quarterback and not have a guy come back and bite his face off by saying it's a shitty call, a play, give me something else, don't cut block, blah, 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 and Aaron Rodgers. I think it's back to coaching, and I think LaFleur may have a pretty damn good season with Jordan Love because the guy wants to be coached, he can be coached, and he doesn't have an answer for everything because he's trying to fit in, get in where he fits in compared to a guy that wants to be a coach. Um, do you believe in that or not? I, I don't think that's the craziest thing. Jordan Love looked good. He got the ball off on time. The plays look like they should. He has nice touch. He could throw the ball different angles, and he throws the ball off platform. And he seems to be making decisive reads. The difference between him and Justin Fields on Sunday was stark. Uh, coach, as you like to say, one guy looked like a quarterback and the other guy looked like a running back. And you know which one was which? Fucking Walter Payton. Uh, <laughs> Neil Anderson. Gail <laughs> uh, <Gale> Sayers. <laughs> I like the Falcons, man. I'm going to be honest. I like the Falcons at home. I think they're going to humble the Packers a little bit. And if the Packers can go into Atlanta and win, then I'm going to start becoming a believer of, of what I'm saying in love and LaFleur. But until I see it consistently, I, I like Arthur Smith, even though I don't like Desmond Ritter. I like Arthur Smith and what's going on in Atlanta. Uh, the the Bijon and the Algier one-two punch, that is that is a, uh, a great combination. People seem to forget that they didn't draft Robinson to replace 
I, Algier, they, they came to create a one-two punch. Algier averaged like five yards a carry. Yeah. That is excellent at that level of football. And with Bajan's ability to actually flex out, play some slot, run routes, he can run the sluggo, he can run the slant, you can get very, very creative. And there's, I said a couple days ago, everything that is old eventually becomes new. The new thing is now teams that you think – Everyone, you think everyone's just running spread and being finessed. Actually, the trend now is teams are now getting physical. They're actually putting it back in, um, doing more and more downhill run concepts and trying to be really physical and tough. Atlanta gets really exotic with what they do. I, I kind of like Atlanta in this spot to protect their house. I do too. Uh, Raiders, Bills. <laughs> um, it's Bills. It's Bills. The Raiders, look, the Raiders are going to try to tank here soon. It'll be more evident by week five or six. Bills are in a must-win situation because they don't want to go 0-2. And, you know, look, the Raiders are going to be a team, as soon as they lose a couple of games, more and more guys like Devontae Adams, who wanted his money, are going to check out. And then they're going to make that run for Caleb Williams. I don't so. know. I don't know. Jimmy G's a winner, man. We can say what we want about Jimmy G. They came out here and shocked the well, I don't say they shocked the world, but they came out here and got a pretty impressive win uh, against the Broncos, division rival. The Bills didn't look too hot, man. Uh, yeah, but the, hey, hold on. The, the Broncos, led by Russell Weirdo, that's that's not a great team. That's Russell not. Wilson, I mean, Sean Payne, it's over there. And understand that Max Crosby is about to be hunting Josh Allen. And we know Josh Allen under pressure. He just puts, he covers his face and just throws the ball down the field. So I don't know. We'll see. This uh, is a game the Bills have to win. I, I, I just think they're that much better of a team. Hey, Steve, we're getting Smitty on the dark side over here. He's starting to understand Josh Allen just throwing shit up. He's doing the dab. <laughs> uh, all right, Steve, uh, Steve Ravens, Bengals. Joe Burrow's got to get off the slide. He's looked bad this game last week. Everyone's talking about him. Um, the Ravens come in with Lamar. Uh, Lamar has pretty good success versus the Bengals. Um, where are you going? Where's that game at? Cincy. I like Cincy then. Another kind of a must-win situation. And Lamar looked okay. That offense looks like it's going to take a little time to kind of gel, even though with the new weapons. But, you know, and I know Burrow got injured. But, again, as good as Burrow is, he looked like a guy that hadn't played football or practiced it nearly enough. Folks, the preseason matters. Seriously. Uh, Seahawks-Lions. Can Pete Carroll avoid going 0-2 versus strong, tough Lion team in Ford Field? Uh, Lions. Like the Lions. Ooh, I can't see Pete going 0-2 on a team I predicted to be better than they had a long week, too, Coach. Remember, the Lions had a long week. that They had the Thursday night game, and that's the type of win that it reinforces, hey, we're actually good. We found a way to win. We get it. They didn't have Kelsey. Kadarius Tony was throwing the game. He should be investigated. But a win is a win, and those things have a way of carrying over. And the Lions – did not play a great game themselves, but I expect that offense to be a little bit better in week number two. I like Detroit here. Uh, Chargers, Titans, two 0-1 teams, did not show up offensively. Herbert only threw for 240 or something. Not a really good performance. Uh, Chargers favored in the game in uh, Nissan Stadium in, in Nashville. What do you like? My, my, my head says Chargers, that they are that much better. But Joe Staley has to realize you getting off to some sort of two and four, two and five type of start where you're playing from behind, that puts a lot of pressure on him. And this is my biggest gripe with Herbert, who I love. 
you got to win games. That that last drive that he had, that that was pathetic. That first uh, intentional grounding, and I know he was rushed right up the middle real quickly. Hmm. I'm going to go Chargers here. I think they're a better squad that actually has to play with a sense of urgency. There's pressure on Staley and that team not to just be the third wildcard team, but actually to win 12, 13 games and be decisive in this playoff run. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Bears, Bucks. Uh, oh, shit. If Justin and the Bears look bad again and the Bucks start 2-0, and we're going to be talking about the Bucks. Atlanta may be closer tight, tightly raced than I thought in the NFC South. Um, Bucks, Bears hmm. in, in, in Tampa. Huh. I'm going to go with the Buccaneers. I'm going, I, I, Justin Fields has to show me <clears throat> that you can be a guy that can consistently deliver the ball on time and make the correct reads and deliver it with accuracy. Um, and the box looks, Baker Mayfield's serviceable. It's not terrible. I don't think he was worth the number one pick. He's a serviceable guy. They were good enough to beat Minnesota on the road. So I, I, I'm going to go with the Tampa Bay here. Chiefs Jags, uh, big game for Ooh. both. Uh, Chiefs trying to avoid to go 0 2, just like the Seahawks. Um, Jaguars at home think they should have beat the Chiefs last year in the playoffs. Is this a statement game for Doug Peterson and the boys, or is uh, Andy Reid saying we got to get back on uh, on our uh, queendom? Uh, well, Chief queendom. We're finding out how good Travis Kelsey really is, how vital he is. Uh, without that cohesion he brings and the ability to move the chain on third downs, I like the Jaguars. I thought it was important for the Jaguars to win week one, just again, to reinforce that, hey, we're actually good, and they're at home. Give me Jacksonville. Will Kelsey be back Sunday, or, or do we not know yet? Not know. Looks like he's just beginning practice. I, I wouldn't rush him back. he got 17-game season now. So I, I don't look. You can still make the playoffs as a as a third four seed. I, I my, the indications are that he's working his way back. I haven't heard that he's gonna play. And then we know Chris Jones will be back too, though. So man, that's a tough one. I'm gonna still think about it. That's yeah. gonna be a good Another idea. guy that hasn't played football though. You know. Here, here's a we're gonna Smitty's wheelhouse here, Steve. Um, Colts Texans uh, in Houston. In Houston, Colts Texans. I think I think that uh, C.J. Stroud is going to outperform AR5. I think AR5 is going to struggle, and I think C.J. Stroud had the best rookie performance in Week One. Smitty doesn't agree; thinks AR5 because he has blinders on. But having said that, who you like? Houston Colts. Um, this is the cold versus the flu. Both are pretty bad teams. <laughs> I I don't know. That's one of those games that just you know I I get. I, I would say the home team. Hey, why wow. is that and picking a team, Steve? I don't know. I got to understand. I don't – the NFL is the NFL. I, I watch to watch. It's, you know, content. It's it. I don't really – I don't really study the NFL all that much, to be honest with you. Hey, thank you, Jared. Kelsey's too worried about YouTube and the Kelsey podcast. Thank you. There you go. Um, there you go. There all right. Go. 49ers Rams, Steve. Um the 49ers own the Rams like the Rams own Seattle, like Seattle owns the Niners. It's crazy. How do you see this one? Niners big. I think they might be the best team in the NFL. I think that's a pretty pretty simple one for me. I, li I like the Niners here. Um, 
if the Rams win without Cooper Rush again in Seattle and Frisco, what without are we going to Yeah, Cooper Cup. What are we going to see next week? Um, without Cooper Cup. Giants Cardinals. Uh, after week one, those two may be two of the worst looking teams I saw. Uh, Giants Cardinals in Arizona. I still like the Giants. I think the Cardinals are going to really struggle. They're, they're probably a four-win team. I, you know, look, Dable's job is to bring that team back. That thing snowballed on them real quickly when they got behind. When, when you play from behind against Dallas, they just come at you in waves. I, I this will be a much easier game to navigate uh, than playing a Cowboy team that's pretty damn good on both sides of the line of scrimmage. I like the Cardinals here. All right, the game, 125 kickoff game here on the West Coast. Uh, the Aaron rodgers list Jets travel to Arlington. Um, tough game for, for young Cowboys. Mormon Milf Hunter, tough game. Two D, I, I can see it two ways, Steve. I can see it uh, a 9-6 ball game because both defenses just crush each offense and both quarterbacks play atrociously, which I can see happening. Or I can see a 31 31- 21 game uh, with Dallas being on top in this one because I don't know if Zach can score any points. I, I just don't know which way to go on this one. I like Dallas pretty big here. I actually really like what I saw to Dallas. And if they fall behind the Jets, Zach Wilson will start turning that ball over. They, I'm just telling you, um, Micah Parson looks like he's going to have a Lawrence Taylor type of year. And I'm talking like maybe over 18, 19, 20 sacks. And Dak Prescott looked really good in week one. Very decisive. Delivered the ball on time, on well. He seems to have like. I guess there's comments that he actually likes this system better with more decisive reads, clear reads. So uh, give me Dallas here. I think Dallas wins this game by about seven to ten points. Sean and I broke down Dak yesterday. He looked fucking atrocious. Did he really? Okay, you know more than I do. But. Hey, only reason I say that is because, Steve, I want to point that out that you said that. I'm happy you said it. The common novice fan, you're not a common novice fan, but the common novice fan thinks Dak really did a bunch of good shit. No, they blocked a field goal that changed the tide of the game. If you watch the game, Steve, we, we were watching it like, holy shit, he looked bad. He threw a corner route that should have been picked. He threw six balls that we counted this far behind the receiver. Wide well, open. that accuracy is an issue. That's the thing with Dak. And he had a lot of interceptions last year for missing five, six weeks. I mean, I just, I'm just like – they're digressing in front of our face, man. I'm like, God damn. Anyway, Commanders Broncos, two defenses that are really good, um, two quarterbacks that are really bad. What do you got? <laughs> I like Commanders here. I till Russell Will Weirdo shows that he's back to being who he was. I have no faith in that. Steve's gonna never. I don't think Steve's ever gonna pick the Broncos to win every week when we ask him. He's never gonna pick uh, Russell Weirdo to win the game. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Dolphins, Patriots, Battle of the East. Dolphins. In, in Foxborough, in Foxborough. The Patriots have no threats outside. Stanley Morgan, Irving Fryer are not walking through that door. And, look, we know that Belichick's Belichick. He likes to play that heavy dime package. But in this, it's still going to be relatively warm weather. I mean, they're going to struggle in, in November, December, the Dolphins, when they're on the road. I don't know where this game's at. But I just I looked at that Patriots and God, they have such a grinding offense with no threats outside. So I will take Tua and that track team over Mac Jones. Uh, two Monday night games, Steve. Saints, 
Panthers, Browns, Steelers, since we won't have you on until after those games. Um, Saints, Panthers, battle of the uh, two pretty decent defenses. Uh, again, over under 39 and a half. I like, uh, I like the under in this one. I don't think the Saints can score that much points on the Panthers, and I don't think the Panthers can score at all on the Saints. Um, I think hmm. I twenty four seven ball game. What do you where are you at with that? Hmm. Got a rookie quarterback against Derek Carr. I think Carr will be steadier in Charlotte. In Charlotte, though, boy, the the, the Carolina is going to get uh, young hurt one day. They are. They just it takes a They're lot bad. of hits. Give me front. the Saints. And then what's that other game? Steelers Brown. Uh, Brown Steelers. Um. You know what? I said a couple months ago, I actually like the Browns roster. I actually think they're pretty good. I think the Browns will make the playoffs. I like, give me the Browns. You and Matt are on the same kick. You and Matt, Matt likes the Browns a lot. Um, they're very talented, man. I, I told you that before the season. I know, I know you, you know, you don't really, you don't really trust them a lot, JB. And, but man, I'm like, if Deshaun is plays like even halfway of who he used to be, I mean, that team can be really good. Defense is, uh, is good to great. Got got some weapons on the offense, man. The Browns team is uh it's a sleeper in the AFC North. For sure. Yeah, I agree. Um, it's gonna be interesting. Um Felipe, shout out. We're posting live tweets uh of live action. Steve Kim's being posted on Twitter live as he's on the show. We're big time Steve nowadays around here. I don't hmm. know if you realize, Steve. This is like some Whitlock, McAfee type of shit hybrid. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, hybrid <laughs> Stay, hey, I, I in. Real quick, before you get out of here uh i got this new i got some nfl film yesterday obviously and i don't know if we connected it right or not but i'm gonna try it with you guys and see what we get uh-oh hold on this is live y'all so anything can happen right now we don't know what could happen so y'all stay tuned let me see jb you know whatever you were watching last night could pop up so be safe I don't have no worries, dog. If you don't lie, you don't have to remember. <laughs> Pound that like button, y'all. If y'all in the chat right now, man. We got almost 700 watching live. It's been a strong week. Uh-oh, here we go. Hold on. Let me figure it out. Uh-oh. You got to move the graphic. You got to move the graphic off. Ooh. Oh, shit. Where am I at? <laughs> we, don't, we don't need to see you. Hey, can you hear me though? Yeah. Yes. Oh shit! Is this if this plays, I'm the man. Oh, what's cracking, Steve? We got the best show on planet Earth. I got some Tua film from last week against the Chargers. You guys can comment on it, uh, Smitty. We I want to show. I'm gonna go through it though. I got so so. Let me explain something, Steve. NFL Films, who sends us this, who I have direct copyright action with. I won't get copyright on YouTube. The only person on planet Earth, by the way. The NFL has sent us new copies now. So now I have all the games, and they come with two end zone copies. So you see the asses of both teams, which is a new feature this year because the coaches want to see both ends um, when they get the trade film. So now we have exact film that you guys are going to see in the NFL if you were to watch it as a coach. So this is coach's film, and you see both end zones. You saw Miami first. Now you're seeing the Chargers side, and uh, then you see the angle from the sideline. So – this is the best film on planet Earth, and you're getting it here first. There you go. See the end zone of both teams. Um, here's Tua, Steve. Since we brought up Tua, I wanted to bring up some Tua with you real quick. Um, 
Our formation, 21 personnel, tight end in the motion. Ah, that fucking slap dick. All right, let's go. Uh, here we go. This is what Tua wants, Steve. Empty. He wants empty. And he wants to throw the ball all over the park to, to, to Tyreek. So, I mean, to be honest, I, I I like that he's actually decisive with the ball and the read, man. Too high look here. We got the corner running off. He knows that's the flat defender. Throw the ball now. He's better at throwing it early than he was last yeah. year. Last year, he would have waited for that corner to sneak off and be late. Um, he's taking what the defense gives him and from what I saw in game one, Steve. Hmm. I like it. I like it. I like it. And here's an end zone copy, and I can draw on it, which is crazy. I can draw on the play, actually. Uh, but it's going to be real useful uh, this season, JB, man. Like I said, I got a couple of sevens that I'm definitely going to utilize. You want to share this Ooh. over with me um, so we can both be able to use it. So <laughs> it's just fire. I like it. I like it. Um, but, yeah, that's that's just a little something, something, Steve. Uh you know, had to had to share that with you. So now I got I got action on both sides of it. So we can we can do it both ways. I, I got to just learn how to do it. But we can use that, Steve, uh, on any any day now. So uh, I talked to Jason about it. Jason wants to possibly do it too. So, um, Steve, it's uh, Thursday and uh, it's Thursday night football. I wish you were here to drink some Palomas and I might smoke some ribs, but you're not. And uh, we'll have to get together on a Sunday soon. All right, brother. Talk to you guys. Have a great weekend. All right, Steve. Later. Peace. Thirsty Thursdays. Uh, Twister Sitter, welcome in. New member, Twister City. Shout uh, out to you, Twister City. Shout out to you. Yeah, we got the we got the film now, dog. If I learn how to use it and I can run it, it's a wrap. It's the wrap. Best coat, best show on planet Earth. Nah, for sure. We definitely gonna use that film, JB. I mean, we'll talk offline, but there's some things I know I want to do. A segment I want to bring to the show. And uh, we'll figure hey, don't it, you want to do Darnell's dogs? Come on now. Come on now. We teasing it right now. Darnell's dogs, man. So I'm going to say to y'all right now, just stay tuned. The plan is to have it introduced to the show sometime middle of next week. We got to see how this film thing works, see how we want to do it. And uh, we're going to figure it out, though, man, because I, I, I think it could be fire, a great addition to the show. So, yes, yeah, we're gonna cut it up. I'm going to cut it up and show you the best, best plays of the week. The worst plays of the week. It might be a lot of worst plays of the week. Uh, we're going to show. I'm going to break From that you. shit down. From we're going to break it down. Hey, we got a new commercial, Big Smitty. I got to take a piss. Uh, let's take a five minutes. Rashad Jennings, former running back, NFL running back, is going to be on right when we come back. So give us about five minutes, and we'll be back um, right after this, Big Smitty. Don't go nowhere. We got a new commercial. Peace. That people aren't taking into account. We give quarterbacks way too much credit when things go well, and they get way too much of the blame when things go bad. This is the ultimate team game. As great as Mahomes is, as great as he is, if guys aren't making the plays, you get what you get, what we saw last night. Guys got to make plays. And if he doesn't have those guys on the outside, if every game is going to be where they got to make spectacular plays, the Chiefs are in trouble because Chris Jones – is Chris Jones is the reason they beat the Bengals in the AFC Championship game. He dominated that game. He yeah. dominated that game. Chris Jones dominated. They better get 95 in the locker room. And if they don't, if he if he does what he said he's going to do, sit out eight games, they'll be four and four.
I said hey, the same hey, thing, man. Yeah. yeah. Go ahead. Hey, Matt, Smitty, my bad. Am I crazy? Me and Dan Orlowski have been arguing this for a minute on text. Am I crazy? I said that they're a five-game worse team without Chris Jones than they are with, with – like, they're going to lose five games at least, in my opinion, more than they would have with them. I just think mm-hmm. they're five games. That's how important I think he is. I don't know if I'll take it that far because let's just be honest. Although their receivers didn't play well, they're not going to drop that many balls um, every week. They're, they're, that's yeah. So, so for the majority of the time, they'll make those plays. But when you play a team that has guys on the outside that can threaten you vertical, like you said with Jamison Williams, they're not going to be able to stack the box like they did last night. They were stacking the box because they knew the Lions weren't really working vertically down the field. Everything was in the intermediate areas. Mm-hmm. You play the Bengals and stack the box with Jamar Chase and T. Higgins, then what? And, and so you can't do those. You, you play the Bills with Stephon Diggs. You play the Miami Dolphins with Hill and Waddle. You can't play them that way. Chris Jones means a lot to that team. And if they continue down this path, it's only going to give him more leverage. Got you. On the field, obviously, the X's and O's have changed dramatically. I mean, I think the only spread teams back in the day were like Indianapolis with Peyton. Like, he was kind of the in vogue of the three wide receiver, the no huddle, kind of the limits of defensively and how we had to evolve and had to have double check calls and had to when they audibled we had to audible and then we had to get back to our original call like that was like the fun nuances like the game within the game and uh now it's everyone spreads it out it's a space game which which is all good but at the end of the day if you don't block and tackle like the basics <laughs> it always comes out in the basics and then you talk about the locker room uh it was, I, know, I know that had to be just so many changes, the personalities, uh, the the social media, the TikTok. Because because 07, I'm trying to think was was Twitter even a thing yet, or had it like no. just started? Yeah, Twitter I, wasn't even out yet. You had MySpace, I think. You know that was that yeah. might have been on the back back end years, but that was it. Big Smitty, I didn't get my first cell phone till 2004, so 2003 when I went off to college. Mm. I didn't have a pager. I didn't have anything like that. So I got my first cell phone. 2007, I'm in the league. I didn't get Twitter till probably 2012, 13. Yeah. Uh, so cell phone, social media, I didn't have MySpace. I didn't have any of that stuff. Like it was, uh, I don't know. I, I just, I was too wrapped up in everything else to to have. Oh, oh there you go. My, my thing was sent. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, I, I think that like, we would come out of practice and then it would be chirping. It would be talking junk. It would be like, yo, I got you on this. You got me on this rush. Remember when you did this, like you got in the locker room and it was just like, or now everyone goes straight to the locker room, straight to the locker and look on their phones. Like no interaction, no, uh, no talking, no, like, I mean, when I got to Baltimore, you know, the, the social media was, it was big, like, obviously, but I still made a point of emphasis of having DB night, watching film, eating dinner, watching the Thursday night games, uh, making sure that we still put it. this way.
I can, I can freestyle to that beat. I, I can spit to that beat for sure, easily. <laughs> Wido has other things to say. <laughs> I destroyed Wido. I ain't seen Wido in the chat since. I destroyed Wido two months ago. Killed him. <laughs> Murdered him. <laughs> Scott Banta, what up? Shout out to Scott Banta. Um, man, we got uh, Rashad Jennings joining us here in a few minutes. Let's see. What time is it? Uh. What's up, chat man? Shout out to all the new members, man, that have become members. If you're not a member yet, we need at least 10 more of y'all to join before the end of the show. And it looks like our very special guest is just about ready to join us, JB. You look nervous, JB. It's been a loaded show. It's been a loaded show so far, a loaded week, if I'm being honest. And you look nervous already. (laughs) Hey, I got a... So look, man, Coach Norvell's at Colorado State. Yep. And uh, he took a shot at Prime saying, when you talk to grown folks, you take your glasses off and your hats off. We got to take we got to talk about that in a minute. But uh, we got Rashad Jennings on here, man. This is Thursday, Thursday. What up, Rashad? Appreciate you coming on, dog. You hear us? Hello, God, can you hear us? Yeah, I can hear y'all now. There we go. There we go. There, there we, go. we go. Hey, you got man, the setup said, over man. there, dog. Hey, man, I got a little something, something. I don't know if it's a setup. It's something. <laughs> My up, God, man? I ain't seen you in a while, man. How you been doing? Bro, I'm healthy. I'm alive. I got I got a, I got a newborn. I, I have a I have a wife. Uh, I'm renovating a home. Um, you know, I'm living. I'm, I, I've changed. The makeup of uh, of myself in the last decade, man. So I'm, I'm I'm glad. I'm happy. Man, I love to hear that, man. I I can see the smile on your face. You look like you just got real joy. You know what I mean? Shout out uh, to to you and your wife and your newborn, man. You got a new crib. He got that new money. He got new everything right now, JB. I'm feeling motivated right now. <laughs> yeah, I, hell yeah, I know. Hey Rashad, I gotta ask you, man. I got I I like to say get the brass tax with Smitty. I gotta ask you straight out. What do you feel about this running back market right now in the NFL, the marketplace that's been set basically? Uh before you answer, I gotta I gotta ask you if you think that my take has any validity. Is the seven on seven world with the street agents, the the trainers, and this and this facade we've put out there that football is seven on seven because it looks sexy without any damn gear on. Is it taking over, and is that a correlation of what's happening with the running back position um, specifically? Uh, I think I think you got a point uh, with the seven on seven, and I tap into that, but specifically to the running back group not getting paid accurately. Um, I, I, I look at it this way: the ownerships are starting to focus on winning Super Bowls, specifically, right? And if you look at the last 15 years of teams that's won Super Bowls, 
on those rosters, you will not find a top 15 leading rusher. Not a, a matter of fact, barely a top 20 leading rusher in the NFL on those teams that won the Super Bowl outside of 2013 was, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, 2013, that was Ray Rice and uh, went to Baltimore Ravens. In 2014, that was Marshawn Lynch um, with the Seattle Seahawks. Now, that Ray Rice was, I think he was a top – uh, 10 and then the next year um marshawn lynch was the top six outside of that you will not find a top 15 or top 20 leading rushing running back in the nfl that won a super bowl now flip that to the other quarter uh, uh the other position being the quarterback which is the predominantly position in the nfl you will not find a on average a top 10 a top 10 qb um that did not win a super bowl so the ownerships are realizing hey look yeah, they're, they're, yeah, running backs, you're one of the best players on the, on the team, on the, on the football field, but it's not equating to me winning Super Bowls. So I'm going to pay where the money is going to get me to win a Super Bowl. I think that's what they're doing overall, and that's why I play, uh, the running back position is being devalued. Plus, the game is different now. Plus, the game is more, more predicated to, <laughs> to, 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 to the passing game. Obviously, if you're not a, a dual threat um, outside of backfield. And also, you have to consider this. Super winning the Super Bowl, right? If I'm still, if I'm an owner, I'm looking at my money. I'm winning the Super Bowl. If if I'm trying to win a Super Bowl, who wins in the rushing category on Super Bowl day wins the game? So it doesn't matter uh, what you do throughout the rest of the season. They're realizing that the running back room in itself, and it doesn't have to be from one guy, can win the rushing category without just being a predominantly one player. Mm. Like Jalen Hurts showed us last year. Exactly. I mean, he was I mean, on the verge of winning the Super Bowl by rushing at QB. I mean. Exactly. And they're still getting the yards. You still have to get rushing yards. But, look, it's not always on just the running back now, right? You got – look, at, you, you got receivers out here that can run the ball. I look at San Francisco. Right, exactly. You got receivers out here that can run the ball. You got quarterbacks that can run the ball and running backs. Whereas back in the day, it typically was just the running back. So – um you know it's still run first you got to be able to run the ball and stop the run that's always going to be that's always going to be how football is played but it doesn't have to be with one player now right right and, and i'm glad i mean great breakdown to that man and really explaining like the kind of the reasoning behind it and in my opinion the only way that this will ever change Rashad, is if a running back led team like a tennessee titans for example they would have to make it to the Super Bowl at bare minimum, at least make it, in order for teams to, to sit back and say, huh, we can win through our running backs. We can win without paying, you know, this crazy money to, to a superstar quarterback. Okay, maybe we should value the running backs again. But until then, I just think this is the new norm, and this is what we're going to see in the league until until something changes. But for the, for the meantime, I just think, Unfortunately for running backs, this is what's going to be. And JB and I, we talked about this before uh, a couple months ago. If if I'm a, a high school athlete who's a great athlete, right, and maybe I'm playing running back right now, but I'm seeing how the market is at the next level, I'm probably thinking about, hey, I'm going to change my position. I'm going to go play safety or I'm going to try to play quarterback or play linebacker. Like, do you feel like some, some of the younger cats are, are, are thinking that now? Yeah, 100%. I mean, I've talked to some of the guys as uh, kids. I mean, I st I'm still in football, right? And so locally, I go to a high school and help them out. 
And uh, you hear a lot of the kids say, man, I want to go play DN. I want to play uh, that are running backs mm. because they said, I want to make money. And I'm laughing. I'm like, bro, you still going to make money. Like, look, look, don't even think about it that way. First of all, you, you're going to, you're going to high, you plant high school to go to college, get you a free education, obviously is earned, but right. y'all understand and respect it. Uh, sentence, I mean, I'm statement in that. And then these kids are saying, look, I want to go make that money. I'm laughing. But at at the same time, they got a point. Um, and I think one of the issues are, and there's no issue in any kid wanting to play any position, but the real issue is when you don't play, excuse me, pay one of your best players high value, you're sending a weird message to the locker room. I, I, I take the Giants, for example. Obviously, I played with the Giants, love the Giants organization, great, 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 just a great organization, great people, great management. Um, but the thing about not paying Saquon, you're sending a and you got to understand this, right? And y'all know football. If you're a player, you share a locker room with these teammates. If Saquon is, and they say this, right? One of the most hardworking guys, players in the locker room see that he's a locker room guy. Players in the locker room understand that he's the best athlete on your team players in the locker room understand that and you don't pay him what message are you sending to the second string guy what message are you sending to the rest of the players like hey look we don't care how good you are how hard you work right how much you show up on time how much you stay out of trouble handle new york media we ain't paying you so it's just like bro crazy it's, you got to think about the bigger picture um, of, of what's the message you're sending. And so, like, that's what gets me when you don't pay what is your best. Look at these athletes, right? And I understand if you got a hothead, but Saquon is not a hothead. He ain't none of these things. What's your excuse? It's weird, right. man. Hey, let me ask you this. Do you, do you think that – what side of the fence you on with this Jonathan Taylor thing? Is he sending them bad message to the league, or is he doing it because the bro- running back brotherhood? And he's like, Saquon is getting screwed. I'm not about to sit here and get screwed either. I'm going to stand up for something or fall for anything, uh, basically. Yeah. Where you stand with this Jonathan Taylor deal? I'm not mad at him. Um, I, honestly, he's doing it a little bit. He's just in a rough position where he's, he's forcing it a little bit prematurely, I think. But at the same time, um, I look at – I look like at a Le'Veon Bell situation mm. where he held out, right? And did it work for him? Did it not? I honestly, I mean, he's obviously come out and said that in retrospect, he wish he wouldn't have done what he done. But, you know, do I really believe that? Mm. Um, you know, it's, it's social media, you know what I mean? And I think it's smart for him to actually say that. I would. You know, from a business perspective, I think, yo, hey, 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 Bell, you might want to just come out and say, my bad, why Steelers Nation is one of the best nations to be a part of. You want to be on uh, on the right side of history with them. So that's smart to say. But think about this. He's he took an entire year off. Right. He ended up getting paid um, a good amount of money. He didn't have wear and tear on his body like he won. I don't see what the guy lost, really, honestly. Um, but then you look at a Jonathan Taylor and people are going to say, Hey man, he, shame on him. He should, he should be out there. He should be playing. Uh, he should earn his money. 
Um, you know, he's hot-headed, he's egotistic, da 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 whole laundry list. Well, he's a businessman, right? So when you tell an athlete he's more than an athlete and he attempts to be more than an athlete, then you get pissed off. I don't understand that part, but I think the message he's trying to send. Now, I don't even think he's sending a message per se. What I think he's doing is he understands being in the league, how great you can be to the league and still not get compensated. And he he found he found he found a little loophole in which, you know, he has leverage to do so. That's what you do in the league. You play ball to get leverage, right? If he was a second string guy right now, everybody would be harping on him that that he has issues. But he's the best player on the team. He wants to get compensated. Are you worried? Are you worried that Jonathan Taylor is going to get kind of what Chris Jones just did? He really set out for nothing because he got less money, even though he's negotiating some bonuses. But he he may be the next guy to get franchise tag next year now with the Chiefs when he really was like, nah, pay me 30 mil. He's not even going to sniff that now. Yeah, I, I don't think – I doubt Taylor um, is going to get paid. I, I really do. Um, I think, again, it's a little bit premature. I think his best bet is somehow getting traded, and we see him wearing a different jersey in the, in the next couple of weeks. Um, I hope that I hope that happens for him. I doubt it, um, but that's that's the best situation for him. Yeah, the the, the uh, problem is with and I, you know I'm a Colts fan from Indianapolis. I obviously love Jonathan Taylor, but the problem is his timing like sucks. Like we just missed the playoffs last year. You were hurt like, a lot of last year and didn't have a great season, and now you're demanding this money. Like if you would have demanded this after was it two years ago when he had that 1800 yard season i thought he would have had more leverage but like the timing of this is just like bad and i think that's really the cause and the reasoning behind the coach in, in, in the front office not really wanting, wanting to pay him but when he when he did that many he was on his rookie deal so right like, right yeah, yeah it's just, where, uh, where did where do you put why do you pay a player right do you pay him because of what he did or you pay him off potential what's to come right like the, the running back position literally is that that's the only position that you pay um, based upon no matter you always a D value, right? Every right. single time you, you run for a thousand yards, they're going to say, oh, you're worn out. Right. And then if you but but if a receiver run, uh, he catches two thousand, they're going to say, wow, he's going to ball out next year. Yeah. <laughs> so I understand as a running back, look, you got to get it in while you can. And whenever you have leverage, use it. Yeah. Yeah, T Rich, T Rich is on here every Thursday, and and he said similar stuff. He's like, man, he's and he actually coaches his son. He's like, man, shit, I'm probably gonna tell my kid play something else. He's playing receiver and backer right now. He's like, shit, it's tough, man, to to get your kid not to play your position. He's like, I want my kid to play my position, but he's like, whoo, if this continues to go this way, I mean, shit, we might be an empty pretty soon, like running around in the league. I don't know. Uh, and it hey, feels like the, it, feels, it feels like the lifeline is different too. Like like the, the old age used to be thirty years old, and it's all right now. You you start to decline. Now it's like twenty seven. It's like damn, like you got like a few years to really be in your prime, at least to, to the the league's eyes. And after that, it's like on to the next. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. Hey, hey, Rashad, let's transition to these injuries, man. Uh, I want to get your take on this. Obviously, the big one, Aaron Rodgers. Everybody's talking about, but we see this. Uh, 270 we got a doctor on our show every every tuesday and, and he breaks down all this stuff and, and, and 270 after week one all-time high soft tissue injuries a lot of people talking turf but then i've seen guys come out like bernard pollard and other nfl players be like man 
we played on this shit too. It, it ain't all turf. It has to do with preparation, lack of playing in the preseason, some callous. Uh, where are you at on that? What side of the defense you want on this? 100% turf. I, I said this when I was playing. I, and my, my whole theory was that the, I ran the numbers. In, in order to maintain grass, it's expensive, mm. right? And, but to slap down that artificial turf, cut a deal with the company. You can't cut a deal with God and Mother Nature of, of maintaining grass. Ain't no deal you can cut. Right. That's that's nature, right? And but to cut a deal with artificial turf, it's there every day, and then you have a couple little maintenance come through. Hey, man, that's easy. That's bucks. That's getting paid. What what's going on is that these owners are trying to pocket more money, which you know, uh, capitalists. If you support being a capitalist country and nation, hey, that's what they're doing. That's the product they want to put out, right? But as an athlete, you have to understand man, this is more injury prone. Like, let's talk about it. It's the truth. Um, it does change. It does change the motor of your knees over time and how you plant. It's rubber. Come on. Think about it. just just common sense is rubber. I, I laugh like it's sad. It, just take this analogy real quick. Back in the 1915, 1960s, they used to promote cigarettes being really cool and sexy on, on commercials. Literally, right. what do doctors smoke on their break? Camels. Fast forward, people got muzzlers on their neck saying how it causes cancer. Mm. Same thing that's going to happen with this type of situation. It's going to come out in the future about the data statistics of how much uh, turf is bad for, 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 for your body in general. And then you start thinking about a soft tissue ish injuries, which soft tissue injuries typically depend on what it is, right? If it's a hamstring, I, I blame the athlete. You know, that's just being out of shape, you know, uh, things of that nature. But when you look at these tears and inability to plant, cut, uh, you look at Aaron Rodgers, situations like that, he would, I don't think his was routine. It's, that's a special case. Um, it looked like he had snapped before he actually put a lot of pressure on it. Um, but it's the wear and tear, man. It will beat you down and have its way quicker than I believe nature of grass. Hey, is there any correlation with the lack of pay for running backs being highly, I guess, at risk players for injury? And that being one of the reasons that they say, well, you're a dime a dozen. We can we can draft a six rounder and, and get the same out of you like an Algiers out of BYU that's balling in Atlanta right now. Do I do I? Is that something that's in these owners, GM, coaches, mind, back of their mind? Like, oh, we could just draft a rookie next year and get a six-rounder. We don't got to pay him and just keep doing that. Is that an issue right now, especially with, like you said, Saquon get a, get a get a thousand carries in a season. He's damaged goods now when a receiver can catch, you know, 100 balls and be great. So, like, do you see that being an issue? Absolutely, man. Um, the, the, the biggest – one of the biggest issues is that um how you be how you evaluating a running back like there's nothing a running back can do that will make you think wow i need to pay him big dollar for the next season because i can't win without him right the only time i haven't seen it yet unless it's an anomaly right like a one off but a quarterback is a dime a dozen, and it's that position in itself. 
that makes and forces you to pay. Right. And so it's um and why 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 is the quarterback position so promising? Well, again, you look at the history of Super Bowl champions, and it's always inconsistent that you have a top 10 leading QB passer on your roster to win in the NFL today in the last 15 years. I mean, who won last year? Patrick Mahomes, guess what? He was a leading QB passer in the NFL. You you keep going back, right? Matthew There's Stafford only a few examples that come to mind that like, and then obviously Nick Foles had one, Joe Flacco with the Ravens, but you, you got like that? three. Yeah. Eli Manning. Yeah. You got like yeah. three that was in the top 13, 14. Joe was right. 14 at that time. Yeah. <laughs> Other than so that, average, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> on average, it's top 10. That's just the facts. And so, like, the running backs, we're, the, the position is struggling against uh, the, the proven facts in front of you in the court of law, if you will. That's what it is. It's like, well, here's the numbers. Here are the facts. Well, man, I could have, I could pay a top. Look, all right, who, watch this. In the last 15 years, you look at who was the top paid running backs. Mm. And you look at, where they landed, and even if they made the playoffs, I mean, you get a top ten QB, you pretty much win. You getting into the playoffs for the most part. You can have one of the best running backs on the team in the league, and you might not even sniff the playoffs. You might go three and thirteen. Yeah, <laughs> so, that's crazy. <laughs> it, it doesn't matter. That's why guy uh, ownerships are looking and saying, "I want to win championships, not just have the best athlete on my team." Yeah, well, I gotta ask you real quick. You know, you are, you know, play for the Giants. You know, what I mean, got a lot of history with the New York Giants. Uh, week one didn't go in you guys' favor. Are you still pretty high on the Giants moving forward? I mean, I feel like this is supposed to be a big year. They got Darren Waller, another another year under Brian Dayball. How are you feeling this season is going to go for the Giants moving forward? Yeah, word, word on the street is that they thought it was a bye week, week one. Okay, so okay. that's why I'm hopeful. You know what I mean? They just got the wrong message. Uh, scheduling was poor. So they saw a bye week and uh, they had to shuffle up a game real quick because, you know, they, they came and it's like, okay, wow, the team's here. Let's play them. But <laughs> that's what I'm hopeful for because that, that was pretty embarrassing. But uh, I tell you this um, the, 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 <laughs> Wins cover sins, right, in the, in the NFL and football, right, period. Wins cover sins. You win, ah, right, we didn't see nothing. We ain't do nothing wrong. Keep it moving, baby. But as soon as you lose, huh, let's get into details. So they're going to have to get into the, some of the details of why they lost. And look at, I'm, look I'm, at Mel Tucker right now Michigan State. Yeah, I mean, Mel Tucker. You know what's funny? Uh, Mel Tucker – was the defensive coordinator when I was in Jacksonville, right? Uh, players call everybody love Mel, right? Just, yeah. just a, just a charismatic guy. He's funny to be around. And I, I woke up the other day, and I saw the news, <laughs> and I just go back to all the coaching messages I heard him say. And <laughs> hey, man. <laughs> It's it's a tough situation. You can't help but to laugh. Um, you know, wow. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. 
Hey, I, I, there's a lot to it though, because I know the female that's accusing it, and, and she's she's dirty too. So I know both sides is crazy. So it's it's crazy how this whole thing's gonna unfold. But it's crazy how if he was winning, I doubt he'd be in this scenario. I bet you they'd be sweeping under the rug. Yeah, you winning. Hey, it's all good. Keep it going. We gonna ride the wave out when you win it. You must be doing something right. We got the attention going. But I tell you, you start losing, we we're gonna undress the closet and. I saw. I remember when I saw Saquon fumble. That fumble, yeah. Um, unusual film. It happens part of the game, but it's not a part of his DNA or makeup. Um, when he fumbled, and I thought back to, man, he didn't get paid. Mm. He fumbled like humans, right? The players, the other t- teammates are like, man, is he giving effort? I don't know. Is this is this is this over already? We chalked this up as a L. Like you have to deal with these kind of questions going on in your locker room, and uh, it's just not a good look. But they do have a different type of leadership. I like, do like the head coach. <clears throat> um, I think they're gonna turn it around. Giants historically always start off slow. Anyway, every time they ever won a Super Bowl, they always start off slow. So I, I give it a pass. It's week one, and there's a lot of more, a lot more football to be played. Hey, I gotta ask you. The, 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 you just mentioned that the Giants thought it was a bye week. Um, <laughs> let, let me ask you this. The whole league, to me, looked like week four preseason. Like, it was bad football. Like, that's the worst NFL start of a season I've ever seen. 13 touchdowns, I think, were scored in the first half between 16 teams. Uh, like, it's bad football right now. And across the board, do, do you think that has something to do with that? That take the game up, pre- take the fourth preseason game out. Then you got a basically a week off before the season. Like it's kind of kind of wild how it's working nowadays compared to what it used to be. Do you think that's screwing with people or what? It can. I, I think it messes a little bit more with um, anybody who's not. Uh, I would say a uh, a pro's pro, and I, I always say there's a difference between a pro athlete and an NFL player. You know, your NFL players are the guys that got buku talent, roll out of the bed, red carpets, rolled out. they the greatest in their high school, the greatest in college. They go to the league, and now it's dealing with all the greatest. Right? And they got to deal with way more adversity than you're used to. Um, maybe you get hurt. Maybe you don't. But if you're injured, then you got to battle back through that. And then you got the other uh, room of greatest trying to take your spot. Uh, you can't deal with adversity, these type of things. Or an NFL player could just be somebody that's really good, you know. And your pro athlete are the guys that come in, do what's right, no questions asked, train all day, stay in shape, um, you know, play 15 years. You don't even know their name, you know, because we only talk about the top 100 anyway. It's 1,600. It's like 1,500 other guys that you play that play ball out there making money, changing family, changing their life, changing all kinds of stuff. You don't even mention their name. Why? Because it's addiction to the top 100. So these pros, right, are, are I don't think they're having an issue. It's some of the NFL players that are struggling to transition, especially then the younger guys, right, mm-hmm. um, which which is, you know, part of the reasons why the rookies come in flying. Um, but then do they turn into pros over time? And that's hard to do unless you got a good organization that can understand that. And a lot of these coaches are just babysitters, so they really can't talk to their athlete, uh, talk to their player in the position room because they just want to shut up and keep keep the peace. 
it's it's a whole mess. But uh, I mean, with that like process. But overall, I think the pro as far as the product is concerned, um, could be you know preseason. It, it's yeah that people are not tackling as much in practice. It's, it's softer. All these type of things. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? Well, if you look at you know if you're trying to save your body, you know I don't know. I honestly don't know. I'm torn. I go back and forth between that the old school mentality versus the new school mentality and which is better far as um, delivering a better product. I'm stuck. Hey, I, you made a good point with not knowing the other 1500 players. Uh, I say this all the time. No one talks about the marketability, right? Like we wear helmets. We wore helmets in this sport and you don't know. You couldn't, if the average Joe walking down the street looked at, you know, Trent Williams, maybe, but other than that, like who's going to know an offensive or defense alignment in the NFL? Because you don't know them. They, they wear helmets. You don't see them. They don't get publicized. They don't get marketed. They don't get the commercial that basketball players that don't wear helmets get or baseball or et cetera. Football players, man, we play the toughest sport, the most strategic sport, and then the shortest lived sport with the least amount of money. Make that make sense. And then the NFL makes the most money of all the sports. <laughs> but the players make the least like it don't make sense, but I, I blame a lot of it on the helmet um, being a, uh, you know, basically indirectly moving people's eyes away from the actual person underneath it. You don't even know who the hell it is after number 100. Cause like, uh, like you just said, so it's interesting to say that um, Smitty's going to ask you uh, your, 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 your uh, a question, but I got to ask you the Jags play the giants in the super bowl. Who are you taking? Mm. <laughs> oh, pressure. Man, that's tough. Uh, if, if it happened, though, I, I'm just cheering for whoever on offense at that point. <laughs> whoever got the ball last, that's who I want to win. <laughs> go, Trevor. Go, Danny Dobbs. Go. <laughs> He's going back and forth. <laughs> uh, I do like Trevor, though, more than Danny. I say that. But I, I can call out the player per position. But, yeah, man, that's tough. That's tough. Yeah, I always got it hard for Jacksonville, man. They gave me they gave me my chance. They gave me an opportunity, man. So I gotta have a little bit of loyalty to that. I figured. Respect to that, man. Respect to that. And uh before you go, man, you mentioned, you know, us having an addiction to the top players. So I gotta ask you this. Who are the top five running backs in the league right now from your eyes? I'm putting you on the spot. You ain't gotta go in order if you ain't got it off the top, but the five guys who you like the most right now. Um, yeah, sure. Um, I start off with McCaffrey. Um, bloody guy. Always had always been a big fan of him. Um Taylor when he come back, he'll come back. Um I like Henry, like what he do. Um after that, man, so yeah, Saquon. I just I like I like the guy. I can't help it. I'm a little bit biased there. Yeah. Um, and ooh, that's tough, man. Hey, while you think about it, what do you think about this rookie, man? Is he is he the next thing, B. John Robinson? Or ooh. you think he's more of a hybrid Debo Samuel type guy? He he cold. He a player. He is a player. Um, I think he's gonna be the truth, though. I think he's gonna be around for a while doing this thing. 
uh, he, he he's rare. He's rare. It's not it's not often. Well, I don't know, man. You know what? I was thinking about this too. My bad. Not to you know get y'all off topic or anything. But it's kind of still talking about the running backs. You know, if you look at the collegiate level of running backs, even they are kind of different than what the old like. You ain't got no more. You ain't got no Henrys, Reggie Bushes, and like these type of dog. I'm talking about where the draft is like, which running back is going to go? We don't do that no more. I don't know if it's because the running back position in itself is at the collegiate level not counted on as much to win a game, or is it that, you know, everybody's catching up with skill set that maybe my level is like I can't tell who the best is anymore or – like what's going on to where the point where I can look at college football or am I getting older and I'm just not keeping up with college as much or what? <laughs> but it's like, I don't even see the dominant running back how it used to be. And I'm not saying I was a dominant. I remember being in college and looking at the guys like, yo, I got to keep up with that guy. Like he's a monster. I don't even see college athletes trying to say that to each other. Hey, Rashad, let me, let me, let me give you a, on the coaching side of it. Why I think some of it is. First of all, you got more utility backs, Debo Samuels, Iukes, more guys that can get the reverse and then can get in the backfield and get an inside zone and then also can go out in the slot. But but going to college, you got RPOs that have been put into place five, seven, ten years ago where the back that would have got the ball on the right action is now getting the ball pulled from his ass and throwing a slant behind a backer who fills the gap. And those type of guy plays used to happen where the guy got the ball and made a guy shake, shook a dude in the hole, and earn what we used to say, earn your scholarship or <laughs> earn your bread. We don't see it no more. You're seeing it less now because we're pulling the ball, and now the guy's running through the line of scrimmage like, oh, I don't got the ball. It, it, that has a correlation, and I talk to guys like Sark and Lane Kiffin and guys, and they're like, it has some merit because, like, the guys aren't getting the carries that you once had got either. You know what I'm saying? Because of this whole RPO, triple option, double option systems that we're running in tempo offenses. And the fact that the fullback's been removed, Rashad, and the fact yeah. that we're not going to stick our nose in there anymore. Like, I think it's just it's just a bunch of shit, man, that just kind of it, – it, it's like you said. I don't know if you pay attention anymore. Like, I don't know if I do either. I'm like, shit, I don't know, man. It's a lot to it. Yeah. <laughs> hey, who you got tonight? Who you got tonight? Vikings, Eagles. I think I think the Eagles got the upper hand. 100 percent Eagles got the upper hand. Oh, and it, it hit me. Nick Chubbs. Nick Chubbs is the guy I throw in there. Oh, he's a dog. Now he's a dog right there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he it's, it's a few cats that go in that fifth spot. Josh Jacobs comes to mind. You know, there's a couple yeah. other cats too. But yeah, I like Nick Chubb a lot. So that's a strong. No guy. doubt. Man, Rashad, I can't thank you enough for hopping on. We got to do it again, dog. I appreciate you jumping in. I know you're in Cali, man. We got to hook up. Yo, yeah, I'm around, man. Let's do it. Let's stay in touch. No doubt. I appreciate you, brother. Good looking. Good catching up with you, my guy. We'll see you. All right, brother. Rashad Jennings, everybody. Clap it up. Uh, Another fire-loaded Thursday. We... Matt was trying to come on. I couldn't fit him in, man. I had I, so Matt. Matt will come on for an extra long period tomorrow because he has a lot of shit to give you guys about a, a little beef he got into on on uh, on air live yesterday. Uh, I'm gonna it, I'm gonna give you a little snippet. He wants me to give you a little teaser. Um, basically, a rival Colorado State media person. 
called uh, Colorado and the stadium a zoo. And Matt went off. Matt went off on the motherfucker. (laughs) So he's going to be fired up tomorrow. Do not miss it. And we got Brian Erlacher on tomorrow. Yeah! Ryan Erlacher comes on tomorrow. We're going to be fired up. Uh, we're going to try to get Erlacher on once a week, by the way. <laughs> Don't miss. Man, we might have the best show on planet Earth, though. I'm not even lying anymore. Might. Might. Like, I was saying it first, Smitty. Like, ah, I'm just going to say it to say it. But now, I don't know why we don't have 30,000 watching, but damn. We need hey, we need that. We need a bare minimum 1,000 or more. At Brian Erlacher? Legend, Hall of Famer, Chicago Bears, number fifty-four, one of the hardest hit. Come on, now we need it. We need at least a thousand to hear tomorrow, man. So pound that like button, subscribe, become a member, stay tuned. Exclusive conversation information about the Colorado beef for tomorrow, Thursday night football tonight. Make sure y'all you subscribe, get your Amazon Prime video, uh, a free subscription for seven days, and cancel it right after the game. And uh, we're going to be back here tomorrow, y'all. You can't be giving away, like, black market shit on the show and get us – get. I, I try to, like – I stopped, like, calling out so many people. I called out uh, someone the other day. But, I got you know, I'm getting better. Big Smitty out here giving away fucking black market goddamn tips on how to get uh, get free cable and shit. What's cracking here, I'm from man? the era of free cable. I'm from the era where – my my cable cord go all the way across the hall to neighbor's cable cord. We got carpets over the cord. That's the area I grew up in. Dude. I'm from the hood for real. <laughs> hey, pound that like, subscribe, become a member. We got a loaded show tomorrow too. Matt McChesney, Brian Erlacher, um, Jeff Nadu. Don't miss it. Pound that like. We got a hell of a show. Don't watch. We might. I might go live tonight, Smitty, and do a little live watch party from the Slapdick Cigar Lounge Studio. And drink a Paloma, smoke a stick. I don't know. Smitty too scared to jump. Come on over here, but we'll, you know, we'll we'll, we'll get it cracking. You never know what I do. I'm an ad lib type of cat. I got a whole house I'm rebuilding. Fuck it, short, fast, skinny, and tall. We do it all, man. Much love to everybody. Pound that like, and we will see you on the other side, if God willing. I'll see you uh, tomorrow. Peace. Missing. We switched it and filled the gap. Smitty and Jason Brown, we killed it, yeah, it's a wrap. We won the games we missing. We switched it and filled the gap. You are now tuning out.